All right, welcome everyone to the EOS Fireside Chat for January 11. We got a great show today, maybe a long one. Strap in, grab your popcorn, let's get into it. So we got actually Rob from Facing that's going to be kicking off the show for us today with an exciting announcement from his team. Uh, those of us interested in the NFT community on the EOS are likely going to be interested in this announcement. We've got Eve from the ENF back from his trip in Asia. So he's going to give, be giving us a bit of a recap on what went down out there. And then, of course, we're going to get into the big news of the week, the Eden elections that happened uh, on Saturday. We're going to be hearing from uh, the Layer 1 delegates, from some of the chief delegates. I've got a strategy masterclass prepared for all of us Eden members that I'm excited uh, to share. And uh, we'll see where the conversation goes from there. So before I invite Rob actually onto the stage, just want to give a quick recap and uh, a congratulations to all of our new Eden delegates. So our new chief delegates for Eden this, this term include Joshua Seymour, Joseph from EOS Asia. We got Nathan James from the ENF and Patrick from Nova Crypto. Sound effects are back as well this week. Uh, of course, we have uh, many uh, 21 Layer 1 delegates as well. So uh, congratulations to those as well. We've got Nur Rosen, Joshua Seymour, Martin Brewer, Vlad, Zach Gall, Rec Kid, Jesse Jaffe, Marco, Xavier, Lenny, Perry, Nathan, Joseph, Michael Tulenko, Christian Rincon, Patrick from Nova Crypto, Rhett, Odirk, Pool, Daniel Keys, Evgeny, Andrew Ware, and Michael Sullivan rounding out our Layer 1 delegates. So I see a lot of them in the chat today. Thanks for joining us. If you're uh, in delegate, uh, we'll, get, we'll get to all of this fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, so let's just get right into it. Uh, Rob, do you want to come on stage and uh, introduce yourself, introduce your team? And I'm excited to learn what this big news is all about. Yes, happily. Thanks for having us on, Sifan. Uh, so I'm Rob Rigo, aka Rob Konsdorf. I've been working in EOS since the beginning and other antelope chains uh, with the DLT or Detroit Ledger Technologies team, formerly known as EOS Detroit. Uh, we made a decision back in 2021 to start uh, side focus in uh, specifically in the NFT space, and that's what the Facings team is working on. So uh, we've launched a lot of different NFTs using the Atomic Assets Standard on WAX, um, specifically because they had the uh, easy onboarding and uh, wallet, the WAX Cloud wallet, which made it easier for us to market to folks. But, you know, the new EOS resurgence <clears throat> has been really exciting so we're really happy to be able to be a part of this and help build out the tool set needed to make a uh, really, you know, prosperous NFT ecosystem on EOS. So uh, after the ENF announced the grants framework earlier in 2022, <laughs> uh, we decided to start building open source tools to support that. And uh, I'm happy to announce that we've got the first version launched today. and. Uh, you know, thanks to the ENF for approving our grant and funding that. We're looking forward to continuing develop, uh, development on this. So um, 
With me today in the call, we've got Fellblob, who is our product manager. We've also got our chief operating officer, Kierman, on the call. Uh, so some of our team members present today, and we're looking forward to sharing with you what we've built. I'm going to drop some links in the chat so you can get to the app and play with it. At the moment, it is a uh, reference implementation of core atomic assets fun functionality. So. Uh, there aren't a ton of awesome bells and whistles yet. It's really just the core, but we'll be building on top of it. Um, our future goals from here are to add a plugin system and enable really more shared community development on this open source core, allow other NFT businesses on EOS to fork it and uh, use it and skin it themselves and gain benefits from the developer ecosystem that we're hoping to create around this. So really our call to action today is for anyone who's motivated to on the call to kick uh, the tires on the app to let us know on GitHub the features you'd like to see. I've linked the GitHub uh, in the chat as well as a link to the app. We've also published a blog that you can read to learn more about our future vision uh, and where we're at. And so any support is appreciated. Any questions, any criticism, uh, we're here for it. We just want to engage the community here and uh, really help make EOS a place where NFT applications can prosper. So that's our goal in 2023 and beyond. And I just wanted to make sure that we introduced what we're doing to everyone here and open up the floor for any questions. Thank you. That's great. That's great, Rob. I mean, I've got tons of questions as a NFT creator myself. What are, you know, some of the things that I can do on this platform that I can't do on Atomic Hub? Well, to be honest, pretty much nothing right now. <laughs> but it is open source. And that's something that can't be said about Atomic Hub. However, um, the number one thing I'd say we support right now that Atomic Hub doesn't is actually Jungle 4, which is an EOS testnet. So you can uh, interact with uh, any sort of collection, schemas, templates, NFT assets. Um, we're really looking forward to the next phase of the project to add in deeper functionality. Um, one of the things that we've submitted in our most recent ENF grant application, which is a, a stage two to this, uh, is more in-depth airdrop functionality, uh, which is also something I don't believe Atomic Hub supports currently. Um, we don't have a market interface, so Atomic Hub is still going to be useful for that. Um, we're really mo more focused on building up a feature set that will help publishers do more in-depth uh, and advanced workflows without needing to be um, someone able to write code or write your own scripts and do a lot of deeper technical work. So this is setting the foundation so that we can get to the more exciting part, just to be totally clear. Um, but we do think that we bring a streamlined UX. We're looking to uh, you know, enhance that further as well. Not to say that Atomic Hub doesn't also have a good UX, because they do. Uh, but we're looking to provide options and also making sure that we focus on uh, supporting EOS Network as a first-class citizen, 
Um, if you look at Wax Atomic Hub versus EOS Atomic Hub, you'll see that EOS Atomic Hub does oftentimes lag in newer features. Uh, so we're looking to make sure you know that doesn't happen with our build out. And also because this is fully open source and licensed under MIT, or actually, sorry, GPL v3. Uh, any businesses in EOS can fork this and use it for their own commercial purposes as well. So we're pretty excited about being able to offer, uh, you know, a starting point for other businesses looking to build NFT interfaces on EOS, as well as with the plugin framework, um, allow more shared use development, allow businesses and community developers to contribute plugins back into the ecosystem and then decide which of those plugins they want to turn on and off in their own instance of the collection manager app. So the facings creator is our instance of the app and the actual code that anyone can fork, we're calling collection manager. Uh, so I hope that answers the question. Yes, actually, that's very cool. So, so now that we have this open source base, now devs can play around and build add-ons to that. And those can be open source as well, allowing kind of the whole community to build these platforms together, which since Atomic Hub is closed source, much harder to do. Well, you can't really do that with them. That makes sense to me if I got it right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And we're, you know, we work closely. We talk to the Atomic team. We're friendly with them too. Uh, so, you know, we're looking to make sure as uh, the standard evolves into the future that we can uh, make sure that it stays relevant on EOS, make sure that updates that happen will be also, you know, ported over to the EOS network. Uh, and generally just, you know, make sure we evolve the standard together as an open source community. <clears throat> lovely, very lovely. Um, one, one comment, actually, if you guys want user feedback, I don't know how familiar you are with the bounty block airdrop tool, but that is very powerful. So if you're going to be spending time building features, you know, in this new platform, um, maybe don't start with the airdrop features since in my opinion, we already have something that is very powerful and it, you know, the bounty block is, you need to be approved, but as long as you're not a spammer or a scammer, you're going to be approved. So quick note, I don't know how familiar you are. with. Yeah. That. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up bounty block because we've been thinking a lot about bounty block and are quite familiar with their tool. Um, there are a couple drawbacks, but in general, it is extremely powerful and useful. Um, really, what we were looking to do with our airdrop plugin was create a airdrop feature set that doesn't require a, um, a closed source API, so it would be more open and accessible. Um, however, you, you know, Dimitri is awesome, uh, the, the founder at Bounty Block. Um, we were even thinking maybe we could approach him about creating a Bounty Block airdrop plugin. So we haven't had that conversation just yet, but um, you know, our goal was again to provide less dependencies on an airdrop feature. So that'd be how it's a little different. But you're right, you know, understanding the plugins the community wants to see would definitely help us prioritize which features to tackle first. I've already sent them all of the this new information to Dimitri. <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see what he says. But yeah, no, that's great, Rob. Hey, very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, congratulations to you and the team on, on you know getting a grant. That's that's awesome news. 
you know, for in case though, in case some of you aren't familiar with Rob and his team, everything he's said is absolutely true. These guys are OGs here from the start, um, and yeah. I have a question for Rob. If can you all hear me? This is Lovejoy. Yeah. Um, you mentioned about ev- um, evolving the atomic standard. I'm curious if we could get your thoughts on what a standard evolution might look like um, between the open source implementation that you're doing and what Atomic is running. And then I know there are other multiple other projects building kind of using the Atomic standard. I'm just curious what your what your thoughts are on that process. Sure. Yeah, thanks. Good question, Lovejoy. Um, well, right now, as I understand it, um, Atomic actually hasn't needed to be updated for quite a while, a few years. The core Atomic Acid smart contract I'm specifically referring to. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion over the years, though, about ways like, oh, if the standard did just this or is supported that, uh, you know, I don't have specific examples in my back pocket right now, but I've been a party to those conversations before. Uh, it would be, you know, more powerful or useful or open up this this use case we can't do. But um, the Atomic team themselves honestly haven't updated the core standard in years. Uh, and the way that standard's currently managed is, I believe there's five parties on a multi-sig. So at the end of the day, those are the parties that get to choose what happens to the standard. And, uh, you know, in general, my philosophy on, you know, standards development is we should take approaches closer to the way that the internet developed. We should have open town halls. We should have, uh, you know, understanding of uh, how people would like to see things uh, evolve and supporting, you know, documents and arguments. Honestly, it's very similar to uh, some of the work we're seeing come out of the ENF and the way they're handling um, working in public, gain, you know, building consensus on how to change things and what to prioritize and being public. So at the end of the day, you know, Atomic Acid Standard is started by a private startup, uh, but it's important for, you know, any standard to survive, for it to um, sort of be owned by a community of businesses or uh, nonprofits even that are, um, you know, really thoughtful and also conservative about what how the standard evolves and what they enable. Uh, so honestly, we haven't had a whole lot of complexity or movement on behalf of the core standard. Um, but yeah, and, and, you know, as people push the envelope, perhaps there will be enough. Uh, reasoning or rationale warrant, warranting a change in the future and then we should have a framework to talk about and implement that change and make sure there's consensus around it yeah can you guys hear me yep thanks rob oh uh hey this is tim uh i'm on the facings team and helping out with the uh creator and just to add to everything rob has said uh, in terms of standards, I think it's really important to get an open source impl- reference implementation, at least, for NFT creation and management, um, because when it comes to standards, this will, I think, encourage more people to build out in the open, um, to be able to use something like this as a launch pad for new businesses and apps, 
um, and encourage more code to come back into the fold without increasing um, core complexity. So by having well-defined plugin system, um, hoping to create a, a more active ecosystem and um, just the a philosophy of sharing code, working on a common core, um, that all is going to help when it comes to uh, extending the standard or coming together and doing work out in the open to help drive standards. Hey, Tim, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on the fireside and uh, jumping on, on stage with us. Hope, uh, hopefully you join us more often in the coming weeks. Thank you. It took a little while to figure out uh, Discord, but here I am. Now that you're in, <laughs> Thank you. You're in. <laughs> yep. Hey, I He's in for life. <laughs> Did I you guys know, fun fact about Tim, he built the first BitShares block explorer called CryptoFresh with Lovejoy. So they go way back. <laughs> oh, snap. <clears throat> Still up and running, CryptoFresh.com. Actually, I don't know if it's up and running, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's up. <laughs> that I was mostly... Are. Yeah. shower some praise on you guys <clears throat> making it open source uh, NFT management. I was actually building um, an effect that I have like workers using stable diffusion to make like images and you get it back. And then I was trying, I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, how can I make this an NFT collection? And so you guys straight up giving me the answer here. Um, definitely going to look into your repo and uh, maybe it'll be my solution. Uh, and I mean, in here, like maybe like just I think like cake maybe is uh, if you can like have like NPM modules too that I can just, you know, install and have like just NFT manager right then and there. Love it. Thank you, DJ Strikeanova. Definitely. Uh, would love to talk to you more about what you're doing too offline and just understand how we can support your project. Uh, but I will note the NPM module request and make sure we have track of that. One thing I want to, to add on the NFT standard question that uh, Lovejoy mentioned, but Atomic Asset is actually quite extensive. So if you really push the boundary on NFT on-chain mechanics, so for, let's say, Pomelo NFT assets, we are actually pushing the boundary a lot with tokenized NFTs, uh, special attributes, mine, like uh, mutatable, immutable attributes that use mechanics in the, the next features. So actually, I would say like the the sky's the limit right now with the current standard, and I would say that the current atomic asset standard is be like light years ahead of any Ethereum based EVM based uh, NFT standards. The NFT standards for Ethereum are actually just extremely basic because it costs a lot of uh, RAM and and usage. You don't want heavy transactions on Ethereum, so they're as light as possible. Whereas on, on Atomic Asset, everything's on-chain, the attributes are on-chain, uh, everything is literally on-chain, so sky's the limit. Uh, but I, what I would say, what's the struggle with Atomic Asset is the adoption, product examples, documentation, sort of general how to integrate a wallet, code examples of how to use Atomic Assets. So a lot of people that dive into NFTs on EOS, they either have to be a complete OG and just know how to use it, because there's not a lot of examples. So I think what's lacking, it's not how to make an atomic asset standard or an NFT standard better. It's how do we use it? How do we use our existing uh, uh, standard? 
because I think the documentation is lacking a lot and the examples or open source projects, like things like what Rob was mentioning with his collection manager. There's not a lot of open source products out there to showcase the benefits of using NFTs on EOS or on WAX. Um, so I think adoption will come from products, lots of open source examples, and things like that. So hey, I, I think yeah. that's, those are really good points. And I feel like that's been the case with EOS and the blockchains that preceded it is just a matter of, it's a race against time to show how advanced this technology is and what it can do. And part of that is just building tooling um, as fast as possible um, to make it easy for to make it easy to onboard developers and apps. Um, it's been difficult. Exactly. And then I, I was actually reviewing uh, Rob's uh, the the collection manager, and the first thing that you do is you you know get clone. You know, npm install, npm start. Does it run? Yes. Great. Amazing. Now you have a, a starting point, and then you can kind of fork or clone and, and improve. So you know, we need a lot of these sort of open source examples out there in the ecosystem to kind of get the ball started. Because some people don't know where to start, how to start. So if they've got an example, like, oh, go and download this NFT collection manager. And then fork it if you want, or re-contribute back to that 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 repo and improve it with everybody else. So I think uh, you're definitely moving in the right direction there, Rob. And I'm really happy that uh, your team is building this open source and got a grant for it. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing future reviews and future uh, feature improvements. Thank you, Denis. Really appreciate your perspective and totally agree with it. Oh. One more thing to add um, to the developer experience. Uh, it's one of the requirements of a ENF grant that um, the product is not reliant on any um, uh, black boxes or closed source services. Uh, and I think that's really in line with um, the ethos we're trying to follow, which is easy to build, um, minimal dependencies, uh, so right now it's uh, it's running on a full open source stack, and um, I think that just makes uh, reliability so much higher and maintenance so much easier. Hey, it's uh, Kier here from Facings too. I just wanted to add in one other piece to what we were just talking about in terms of the uh, capabilities of the Atomic Standard. And what facings, what we're trying to do, um, we are actually, uh, I mean, the, the, the standard is very impressive. And the depth of it, um, as has been mentioned before, blows the doors off of anything else in the industry. Um, the problems have also been announced here, which are, you know, people don't know about it. They don't know how to access it. They don't have examples of how to use it. To use it. And one of the things we are really trying to do at facings is to create this process where we deliver pieces to get everybody to the next level of it, step by step. So while our first uh, grant and the first deliverable may seem a little rudimentary in terms of what it does, it is a building block to the next phase, which in involves all the plugins that we just spoke about. And then the next phase, phase which involves uh, higher yield features and, and, and complicated structures. And, and we have a a whole plan here to try to really get to the top level of everything that that is uh, capable of being done with the atomic asset 
uh, contracts so that we can really exploit uh, NFTs the way they were meant to be and uh, uh, promote that while providing the ability for people who may be even more creative than us who, to come up with alternative uh, uh, forks and, and better use cases. Um, and I think that's the, the, the process that needs to happen in order to get the development in here to, so people can actually exploit it and utilize it the way it was intended. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for the perspective, Kier, and totally agree. Yeah, really, we want to build out the lower level tools so that many independent devs, uh, you know, small startup teams, and even bigger companies can leverage and build the top of that. Uh, so yeah, we're a tools company at the end of the day. And uh, looking to build more products or looking forward to building more products and really making 2023 an amazing year for NFTs on EOS. Yeah, this is uh, Bell Blob. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Coming in clear. Yeah, I just wanted to add a point just really, really quick. I'm the product manager at Facings, and I'm just so proud of my dang team. And uh, I just wanted to give a nod to some of the stuff that's coming that might excite uh, creators like myself who actually uh, make NFT sets today. Uh, we have some stuff that has to go along with the re reference implementation. And some of it's small stuff um, like a CS, uh, CSV importer. So you'll actually be able to import uh, set creation data metadata straight into the product um, and stuff like that is just so exciting because it, it doesn't uh, we don't have to extend the the standard that we have today as was said to see such exciting new features that are um, low-hanging fruit and really bring us to a whole new level in this ecosystem so proud of our team happy to be here love you all All right, so thanks a lot to all to the uh, to the facing teams who showed up and shared this exciting news with everyone. Uh, that's great. Hopefully, you guys join us again in uh, some future firesides. All right, thirty minutes behind my originally planned schedule because I forgot about this exciting announcement that I was supposed to reserve a spot for. Let's move on to uh, our next topic. Uh, I'd like to welcome Eve back from his trip uh, from Asia back in North America now. And uh, yeah, I'd like him to come on stage and talk a bit about how that trip went. Hey, thanks for having me on. And um, thank you, uh, Rob and team, for your presentation on, on the Facings product. Uh, that application uh, was one of the first applications that we received in uh, for the grant framework. Uh, and we talked about that at, at length even before the Facings team applying. Uh, and I think it's really important, kind of like what you guys mentioned, is we have alternatives out there that are really good, but being able to create building blocks so that other people can leverage off of them is what really we didn't have in that space. Um, and so this is going to be opening that up. So as, as much as right now, there's perhaps limited functionality, the idea is uh, you know, creating the, the, the foundation so that others can leverage off of that. And then everything that's being created is then a building block. So all of the other functions that'll be coming 
uh, from within that grant and um, you know, going forward, essentially, will be able to be leveraged by everybody. And that's currently not the case. Uh, so although there's really good work out there, it's really proprietary. And that's, that's opening that up. Um, so good job, guys. Um, yeah, I just came back. I just came back from whoever's uh, maybe building a wooden house might want to mute themselves. Carpenter in there. <laughs> yeah, I got a carpenter in here. Um, hopefully you're, you're building something cool. Maybe some NFTs. Maybe you're building an NFT uh, marketplace. Um, yeah, I just came back from, from Asia. I was out, uh, for those who don't know, I was out in Asia for the last five weeks or so. I went early December um, and spent some time uh, out there. Uh, it's a little bit easier to travel when I'm based out of uh, Asia, within the Asia region. Obviously, uh, I come from the eastern part of Canada. Flying out to Asia is very taxing. It's very, very difficult. It's very long. The flights are, are very lengthy, and then it makes it very difficult to, to move around. Whereas if I'm based there, then it makes it much easier. But a big part of what I like to do, at least once per year when I, when I do that, it, it gives me a completely different perspective. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. So let's talk about kind of what I did and who I met, but how um, there's no other way to say it, but like the people on this call and the people within this time zone are, and or, and or similar time zones are very fortunate because you guys get to see everything in real time. In a way, it's this concept of uh, synchronous uh, versus asynchronous communication. And uh, how essentially the people typically that are in the, in the Western world speak English, you might be in Europe and such, but still a very you know, similar time zone. So regardless of the culture, regardless of the language, this idea that you're in a synchronous uh, period or synchronous communication with what's going on, especially with the ENF um, or with you know, block producers and the chats, Telegram and such, the majority is, is happening in a, in a Western uh, time zone in general. And how there's a lot of people out there, regardless of the language, regardless of the culture, they get asynchronously the communication that, that occurs. And so it's flipping that over. And so when I head out to Asia, what happens is now I'm in a synchronous communication with um, you know, South Korea and China would be the, the two largest markets. Um, and then you guys here in this call now be become asynchronous. And so when I wake up in the morning, I'm catching up on especially lately, 800 messages, 1,000 messages or whatever it is. Um, and that's how half of the community, uh, and I'm just using half lightly, but just the other people that are not in these time zones are interacting with the community. They're getting it after the fact. And so they communicate synchronously within their time zone, but they can communicate asynchronously with, for example, us on this call, with the ENF in general, et cetera. And so it gives a very, very different perspective um, instead of being able to participate in a conversation in real time, you always get it after the fact. And once you do that for a period of time, so I was gone for five weeks, it really changes how the ecosystem looks or how it's perceived or how it feels. Because you're, you know, if you're just doing it for a few days, you can catch up, whatever, you can change your, your um, sleeping patterns in order to be a little bit more synchronous. But otherwise, a lot of the decisions that are being made day-to-day uh, -day right now with the ENF are being done in a Western time zone. And so everybody's getting it after the fact, after the fact. And how that impacts how you perceive EOS, how that impacts how the movement of the chain, whether it's the BP calls, whether it's these fireside chats, whatever it may be, 
the ENF translates everything, it's still done asynchronously. You're not getting it at the same time. Um, and so getting that perspective changes things very, very much. And it, you know, highlights some gaps in the processes that we have and or it highlights areas um, for opportunity to be able to, to close those gaps. And, um, and so that's always interesting. That's always really good. Um, it, it's also, it's it just very different. Like I can't explain it other than you're kind of a second class citizen, regardless of the culture and the language. Um, and so being able to be in that time zone for a period of time, then being able to have synchronous conversations with people within those respective time zones outside of the, the edge hours. So obviously I have calls in the morning and at night with, with Asia, but being able to do it during the day or being able to do it two in the afternoon or four in the afternoon, which that is very rare in general and not being able to do it with the other side of the world. Um, so one of the things that we did, uh, early on. Uh, is we uh, we started talking about this idea and this came about kind of the month of November and such before me heading out um, to increase communication, especially with the block producers. And so we started, uh, we had our first block producer call or I guess ENF led block producer call that we'll be doing on a monthly basis. Um, basically top 30 block producers are invited uh, to join on a call. Uh, all the information is is open public so they can all share afterwards. A lot of the conversations that we're having are conversations that we're having, for example, this on this fireside, that type of thing. But having within uh, you know, a time that's a little bit more suitable for uh, block producers that are out east and doing it on a monthly basis. And so we had our first block producer call two weeks ago. We'll be having these monthly. We had about you know, 17, 18 maybe a little bit more than that, block producers. I, I will recall the final count. We had about 30-something people on the call. Block producers uh, participate. We had a, you know, it was our, it was our first one. Uh, we had an agenda. We hit on some, on some items that we wanted to talk about. We gave a, an update on EVM, which you guys are going to get shortly. Uh, the communications team is working on that. We did an update on uh, ENV. We did an update on uh, the roadmap that we're working on for 2023. Uh, alongside budgeting and stuff. And uh, we gave an update as well on an MSIG. So there's a few block producers that brought uh, up this idea last summer, uh, and it's been resurging a little bit again. So we'll talk about it today with you guys. Uh, but uh, essentially, there is going to be an MSIG that is going to be uh, brought up uh, for community discussion and or I'm discussing it right now. But uh, this idea of Currently, the ENF seeks funding every couple of months, and it requires 15 out of 21 in order to uh, reach consensus to allow for funding. Uh, but there's a potential, uh, I shouldn't say attack vector there, but this idea that seven could potentially either willingly or because of policy uh, block uh, the, the ongoing operations of the foundation foundation and it was brought up that um that doesn't provide stability uh in terms of the network in terms of externals in terms of internals as well in terms of our own budgeting etc and so uh, this idea of doing the reverse whereby uh 15 out of 21 would approve the funding and then uh, that would now be automated and now 15 out of 21 would be required in order to stop the funding so basically flipping it uh, flipping it around instead of having seven out of 21 to block it it's now um 15 out of 21 to block it and so that msig is going i don't know when but the block producer is going to be produced uh, 
uh, publishing that and I guess bringing that forth uh, in the next couple of weeks. We can talk about that today. I know it's not really on the agenda. We can talk about it next week as well. Uh, but that was brought up on the call. And uh, what else was brought up? Oh, yeah, the idea of uh, so we've been we've been exploring uh, internally with different services uh, for communication specifically. So when we have these calls, either with uh, block producers or even on Twitter spaces or, or anything where we have uh, different people from different uh, languages join on the call. Right now we're doing uh, asynchronous translation. Uh, I, I don't think that's the right term, but this idea that somebody speaks and then pauses, you know, so speaks for 30 seconds a minute, pauses, then the translator speaks for 30 seconds a minute, whatever translates, and it's this back and forth. So any subject that you do essentially takes double the time. And if you want to do three languages, then it takes triple the time and such. And so the comms team internally has been researching, uh, and there are a few solutions out there, and we're going to be experimenting likely next month. So the, the BP call, uh, the next one is slated for... Uh, I believe early February, something like the eighth or ninth or something like that, and uh, we're going to be experimenting with the, this new service and seeing whether or not it works well and such. Uh, but this idea of synchronous translation, um, simultaneous, sorry, translation. So whereby somebody would, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but I'll be able to speak English or whoever is going to be able to speak, and then the translators translating, the interpreters interpreting, uh, interpreting simultaneously uh and so it it cuts basically the the discussion in half if you're only doing two uh languages but we'll be able to do this with mandarin and with korean and then it also provides the transcript or provides the subtitling etc so that then you can make products out of that or you can give a little bit better um debrief afterwards minutes of meetings that type of stuff and so we're going to be experimenting with that in the next meeting. And ideally, if this works really well, we'll be able to bring that to more of the initiatives and the projects that we, um, that we do as, as the ENF, so that uh, whenever we do anything, basically people will be able to think of tuning in in a channel. If you want to listen in Chinese, you tune in channel number two, you want to listen in, in Korean channel number three, in Spanish channel number four, um, but you can do it uh, at the same time instead of afterwards. And so we'll be exploring with that. We talked about that. Um, and that's pretty much it. I don't know, Steph, if you had any, any specific questions or anything like that. I'm still pretty much jet lagged. I've been awake since 3.30 this morning. Uh, I came back late last night. going to be like this for, for about a week and a half or so. Uh, one question that maybe you, you said, and maybe not, um, these calls are not meant to be public or shared. Right, but the information contained within it kind of will be by the block producers, or, or how does that work exactly? Yeah, so some of the things that we brought up um, are projects that are like whatever communiques that we're working on, press releases, whatever. And so all the information is going to be public, anyways. Uh, the block producers on that call can also share the, the information. We, we mentioned that. So it's not, there's no proprietary information or anything like that. We're going to be releasing, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and Zach can confirm. Uh, meeting minutes for what this was, but the call itself is limited to the top 30 block producers at that at, at any given time um, to to keep the the calls a little bit uh, smaller and uh, more on point. A lot of the information, anyways, is all information that essentially you guys get in the fireside chat on a weekly basis. Uh, this is just another method of communication, a little bit more formal with uh, the block producers so that we have an ongoing conversation with them in a, you know, in a comfortable setting. 
Okay, so will so these calls won't be published. The call will not be recorded and published, no. But the information and the minutes, yes, will be. All right. And if there's any, like we have an AMA component, so if there are good questions that are being asked and would be relevant, then um, that would be you know published as part of the minutes. But a lot of it is just giving an update on files. So for example, let's say the the EVM file update. Well, there's a formal press release slash communicate slash whatever you want to call that that's coming out that'll be even more information than what we shared we just talked about it while uh, the communications team is is writing that all right so we're not going to learn more about the env today is what you're saying no you're not going to learn more about the evm or the env today i guess the envi i can share a little bit uh, a lot of the work that's being done um uh, about that is more uh, think about it kind of the legal and in, in the the shell um, on the outside of the the um, the different entities. Uh, one of the things that we've been looking at uh, is what type of entity and where would that be located? Uh, and so we've done a lot of work on that. Um, one of the I guess the leading uh, and I want to get too ahead of myself because that might not be the case, but the idea is likely we will be doing a purpose trust. Uh, and a purpose trust in a particular location, and even a purpose trust is, is quite particular. So essentially what we've been working on is here are the goals, here are the concerns, here's what we're trying to mitigate, here's what we're trying to achieve. How can we do that? Um, and, uh, and so we've been you know, designing kind of, now that, uh, that essentially the network has given a go-ahead, now we're really in the weeds and the details and the very specifics of what exactly that's going to look like, where is that, uh, how do you set it up so that it you know, meets all the requirements that you're trying to do, mitigates the concerns that you're trying to avoid, et cetera. And right now, the idea of a purpose trust is something that's very innovative, that's, um, that's quite, you know, it's, it's very new. We, we're not even sure anybody's actually done one in, in this case. Uh, but the legal team is, is, has been working on that, has provided a few memos, recommendations. There's always the ongoing, uh, how can you do things? Uh, what should you try to avoid doing from a legal point of view? Uh, if you're going to do something uh, recommendation-wise, how should you do it, et cetera? So that's always an ongoing thing. So we're able to push that envelope forward a little bit. But uh, overall, the file's been advancing, and where we're at at this point is likely we have a pretty good idea of what kind of entity, like I said, it's a purpose trust, where that's going to be located as long as we can get the, uh, the go-ahead. Um, and then everything trickles in from that afterwards. Another, I guess, maybe thing I can share, uh, we've gotten more and more requests of uh, people wanting to buy those tokens out of OTC in like vast, large, large amount. There's even an entity, uh, a very well-known uh, venture fund uh, slash uh, a market maker that essentially offered to buy all of them. Uh, so there's tremendous interest, and this is, you know, this happened while I was in, in South Korea. Uh, they met, we met for the first time while we were in Singapore. They've then uh, been trying to reach out. We met them again in Seoul the first, the second time I went to Seoul. And then uh, they came out again at the Seoul event uh, about, what was it, three weeks ago now, four weeks ago now that I was in Seoul. And they came about, uh, and they actually made a, a formal uh, a formal offer and such. Uh, so they're really interested in, in securing a sizable position in EOS. And we've gotten more and more of these requests, like I said, maybe over the last six months or so. Uh, but now it's like in, it, you know, basically all of the position or whatever, which that's, that's not happening anytime soon. It can't happen anyways. But that type of thing 
um, is really interesting. And it showcases that there's really good work being done and that people are seeing that outside of the EOS. All right. Well, thanks, Eve. Are you uh, hanging around for the rest of the fireside or uh, do you have to go? No, no, for sure. Um, and uh, uh, Phoenix, uh, you shared a question of purpose trust. So I'll just drop a link to um, information about uh, what purpose trust could look like uh, and uh, kind of what's been done on, on that front. Just so if, if you really want to find out more and you want to read, et cetera, then I'll give you an idea. And I just shared that in the uh, chat. I mean, the whole point of these updates, uh, both for the block producer call a week or two ago, and then now with, it was actually last week, so it wasn't even two weeks ago. So that's going to kind of be the um, cadence is BP call uh, will publish meeting minutes uh, and then fireside chat probably a day or two after the meeting minutes come out. So all of the information will be open in public, but the point of having these conversations early uh, with the um, multi-sig on EOS I was saving. The point is to get feedback. I know it's all very fresh, um, but I would be curious to hear feedback on on that. Um, one of the points that Eve uh, didn't mention is as far as even getting the 15 out of 21, which we often quote and state, it's really like 15 out of 18 because there's at least three block producers who because of their policies aren't voting. So that also ties into it and, and some of the reasonings behind. So. One, I would like to get feedback on that. And two, just the general idea of ENV as it's being established as a legal entity and it's able to field these types of deals, like what the general community response is when um, large uh, players with lots of connections and maybe developers, if they want to inquire about those OTC purchases, what the community feedback is on that. And... Um, just to give a little bit more color on it, the idea is to get strategic partners. So it's not just about buying the tokens. If they want to buy the tokens, they could buy them off the market. You could buy millions of dollars with very little slippage. It's really about the strategic partners, not giving necessarily heavy discounts or anything, but also getting them to invest in the fund itself. So from the very beginning, the idea that was presented is bringing external capital in. So that's kind of what these potential OTC deals could facilitate is, okay, We'll sell you the, the tokens, but you need to make an equivalent cash injection into the portfolio of the ENV, essentially. So it's like double investment. It's not only buying tokens, which is buying stake in the ecosystem, but it's also buying stake in the development of the ecosystem through the ENV. So it's, it's really two investments, potentially. So I'm really interested in hearing the feedback from the community on just initial responses. Let's hear it, guys. What do you think? Mm, I I have a question, maybe interesting for Eve and Sachs, um, yes. regarding the EMB. 
Hi guys. Uh, <clears throat> so I think an interesting question is, and I don't know if you guys have already started formulating it, but um, any like venture firm or venture capital firm um, starts de developing their investment strategy and thesis, and I, <laughs> you know, it's 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 um, logical to understand that this is going to be focused on EOS. But I think a good question would be if the ENV is going to be focused like kind of looking community inwards first or is uh, or is it going to focus more on attracting external uh, projects and development developers to come into eos so i think that's a that's a very important um parameter that needs to be you know defined in the strategy i don't know if you guys have yet to sit on the investment strategies for the mb but I think it's an interesting question to to put out. Uh, I, I don't really know how to answer that because we're nowhere near uh, there yet. I think the, the way to yeah. answer it, or I guess the best I can say right now is it'll depend on what's investable uh, and what, mm -hmm. what people apply. So if I take Grant Framework as a good example, I would say 90% of the people that have applied to Grant Framework have been internal to EOS. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's, it has nothing to do with the strategy of attracting internal to EOS community members to apply first. It's just those are the ones that are know about it. At the same time, uh, it's not really about who applies. It's whether or not it's a worthwhile investment. Uh, and so that might be the limiting factor is whether or not there are worthwhile investments in or outside of the ecosystem that actually apply and go through the process. And that I can't tell you because we're not there yet. Nobody's applied. There's not even a mechanism for people to apply at this stage. Uh, to make it clear, though, that will not be, and this is way outside of the scope anyways right now, whoever is going to be managing that will be, will, you know, will be responsible for that. Whatever the term sheets are, they'll be you know, published at that time, et cetera. The process will be open like, every, like, like the grant framework, et cetera, so everybody can see it. Um, what I what I'm certain of, and what I would not vouch for, or I guess what I would advocate for, is the ENV is all about. It is a traditional VC in the sense that it is to uh, create financial returns. Um, it is not mm. a grant framework, and so whereas the grant framework and Pomelo, et cetera, and the internal public good slash non for profit purposes, the goal is not to generate returns. The ENV, the goal is to generate returns. And so uh, it's, it's all about whether or not something can generate capital in return uh, for the EOS token holders. And that's a really important distinction because I wouldn't want to give a false promise that everything would be investable. No, it is possible that it is not a good investment. Therefore, that investment would not occur, regardless of whether in EOS or outside of EOS. Just uh, got a question mm -hmm. on the 68 million. You mentioned so the idea of the ENV is to return value back to token holders. And I'm wondering, I'm just trying to think of that lined up with the previous uh, opportunity, I suppose, where we there was an OTC attempt or not attempt, but desire to purchase those 68 million freshly minted EOS tokens. OTC, it, wouldn't it be better to not have that type of deal happen? And if these individuals or parties are interested in owning EOS tokens, have the market buy them like everyone else, and that's what then help Zach raise the mentioned. price and help everyone else. Oh, okay, good. So, okay, good. Yeah, because it seems to be minting using inflation to mint tokens to then sell OTC 
is almost a disservice to the previous token holders. That's what they're being told to do right now. They're, they're told to go to the market and buy them because one, the ENV isn't set up. Two, if there was an OTC deal, it would be under special circumstances, meaning, okay, if you're going to invest $25 million into the ENV, be, be, you're getting that opportunity because of the OTC. And just so we're clear, like, there are no, there, there's interest and there's legitimate offers. But the ENV doesn't exist as an entity yet to facilitate those offers. So none of this has actually happened. Um, that's why we're bringing it up in the discussion. And one of the things that you can control uh, with the OTC deal is something like a vesting schedule, for example. You could put different parameters on it that you cannot put on um, a, a market buy, for example. And then it's also um, protecting, we have no idea how long this bear market is. So obviously, if EOS 3X is, it would look like a terrible decision. But if EOS goes to 50 cents, it'll look like a really good decision. Look at Telos for an example. Telos sold $9 million of tokens OTC at 90 cents. That's great for Telos because their foundation is uh, has secured funding. They have runway. Uh, I don't know what the price of Telos is right now, but it's probably like 10 cents. Um, so that turned out to be a really good deal because if they didn't do that, they'd be in a much worse position right now. So there, there's a lot of different strategic reasons for that. Would it make more sense then for the, the ENF itself to then do OTC deals versus the ENV? Because you could probably do that sooner than later. And it, there, it does make sense to that extent, for sure, to bolster the, the treasury with some USD that's not subject to price um, movement is certainly smart. What what's the question? Is why it doesn't ENF do that? Good, yeah. It's more of if if there's opportunities for OTC deals, it seems to make more sense for the ENF to potentially facilitate those versus the ENV. Is all. It just seems like it's it's more appropriate, perhaps, and more achievable for the ENF to do it. That's all. A big. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons, but I would say one of the biggest ones is that the ENF doesn't sit on some giant treasury. So the only way an OTC deal would even make sense is buying 10 million or more tokens. Uh, if you're buying less than that, then you could probably buy it off the market over staggered buys over the course of a week and not move the, no one would even notice. Like million dollar, multi-million EOS change hands every single day in different swaps. So it's just an OTC deal only makes sense in very, very large quantities, which the ENF doesn't have. Because like you said, go buy it from the market. That's, that's come up multiple times. When the ENF first formed, uh, a lot of direct messages from random community members asking about, hey, I've got this whale friend. They want to buy a million EOS. Could, could the ENF sell it to the MOTC? No, go buy it from the market. You could buy a million EOS, no problem. Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you. That makes sense. All right, good stuff. Um, so Eve said he's going to be around. So if we have more questions for him uh, later on today, we can always ask. Uh, but for now, let's uh, get on to the main topic of the day, the Eden election results from this weekend. 
Um, so I'm just going to invite uh, the delegates who were elected uh, on Saturday. If they want to share a little something with the community, now would be the time. We can start with the chief delegates, of course. Um, let's see here if I can find some chief delegates in the crowd and call them out. Or if you want to just jump on, go ahead. I see we've got Joshua. We've got... Nathan, Nathan's here. Patrick's here. Patrick's here as well. So we've got three of them. Let's go with uh, Joshua since he's uh, higher up on the alphabetical list. Josh, do you want to jump on here and say hi? Sure, I'll, I'll say hello for a minute. The room I'm in doesn't have a lot of furniture, so it's kind of echoey. Um, I was listening on the YouTube stream for a bit before we went home and Great. had to uh, had to. Re rejoin on discord here the election was pretty smooth this time the thing i'd like to mention that was pretty cool was the using the upvote uh, telegram bot um and one of the coolest things about it is it automatically for anyone who used it automatically organized into uh, separate private groups that mimicked the fractal nature of what we do in the eating election so for example i have a group that the bot automatically put me in for my round one group and my round two group. And uh, I think, I don't know if this was manual or if the bot automatically did it, but we also have a group for all of the delegates and for the chief delegates. Uh, and so it just kind of makes it really easy to keep the structure of the election going forward for the next uh, season. And the thing that I'm doing right now and that I'm encouraging other delegates to do is to continue to work with uh, the people in your breakout rooms to achieve consensus. So for example, um, we had to get some people in the group from our round one, uh, which took a little bit. And then in round two, everybody has a round one group that they can be communicating with, and then they can bring the consensus of their round one group into their round two group. And you can kind of further filter and, and uh, define the, the common denominators and the consensus uh, together in, in that second group where you where everyone's a delegate and you're representing you know your your round one group and we can we can then take our round two groups and we can come together as delegates and you know report all of that so to me that's kind of a new i don't think that's something that we have done a lot in previous seasons i know some members have tried to stay in touch with their um, there are breakout groups throughout the seasons and stuff, but um, this time around, I think we're seeing an opportunity to make it a little more part of the culture so that the election doesn't just end on uh, election day with that like 45 minute room. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Joshua, for joining us today and congratulations. Uh, on being elected a chief delegate. Um, one, one thing I'm actually curious from all our delegates, I'd love for you guys to share if uh, you were previously elected as a delegate or if this is uh, your first time. So uh, Joshua, I know you've been previously elected as well. What's, uh, what's your track record so far? Uh, I think I've been a delegate at least once in the official elections and I was a chief delegate, I think in the second election. And uh, in in recent elections, I've just been voting, uh, and that was my that was my original intention in this election until maybe like a week or two leading up to it. Um, so go, right? I I think I've had I've had the whole round of experience. So that's great. Thanks for sharing. 
Uh, okay, next up uh, in alphabetical order, we've got Nathan James, also a newly elected chief delegate. Did you want to come on and say a few words? I will take that answer for a no. Uh, maybe he's uh, maybe he'll be back a bit later. Patrick, are you uh, are you around to uh, say hi to the community and say some some words as a chief delegate of Eden? Patrick is also not available. Alrighty then. <laughs> Any other layer one delegates want to jump on? Say hi. Me. me, uh, me. Don't, don't wait for me to invite you on. Just uh, j just jump on down here. Who was that? Who was uh, that? that was me, Zach. Um, so this is my first time being a Layer 1 delegate. The previous elections that I participated in, I showed up to vote, and I, I pushed other people forward. I think Mel, uh, I pushed him forward in the first one. Uh, can't even remember was it with the other groups. Um, but one of my things that I already was able to uh, deliver on one of my campaign promises um, was giving free CPU to all lead-in members. So this is something, when I realized nobody had ever done it before, <laughs> it kind of blew my mind because it seems so obvious as a perk for being a lead member, is to basically uh, leverage the EOS PowerUp.io tool built by the awesome team uh, at Boyd and uh, led by John Heater. Uh, leveraging that tool that he built uh, on top of some very simple batching of transactions from, from Denny, I was able to execute on one of my first campaign promises to deliver uh, free CPU to every single Eden member. So one, that's a perk for anyone who's considering joining Eden. If the only reason you want to join is to get the free CPU, that's fine. Uh, if you try CPU mining, I will just pause your waitlisting. Um, but it was a really cool experience. I was also very privileged uh, to get into a room with uh, Nova Crypto in round two, because I think there's nobody more deserving uh, to be a chief delegate than him. Uh, he's been an EOS community member as long as I could remember, and a very dedicated one at that. He knows pretty much everyone in the ecosystem. He's probably interviewed them all three or four times each. Um, so that was one of my favorite parts of the entire thing, was getting matched up with him in a room and being able to basically push him forward, because I had um, announced leading up to the election that I planned to go all the way, if I could, to become a chief delegate. Um, but I saw Nathan was in another room, for an example. I didn't want to have us both be chief delegates. But the main reason, and there was a lot of reasons, um, would have depended on who I got into a room with, whether I agreed with them, didn't agree with them. But I was just really, really happy to see Patrick uh, in my room and to push him forward. As far as the other um, campaign uh, promises, a lot of it will be um, Palmelo uh, contributions uh, through um, speaking with the people that elected me forward. Um, Reiki, Myra Wang, uh, Zven uh, from uh, SOV. So basically working with my own delegation who pushed me forward to get their input on where we should contribute the funds into Palmelo. Um, it wasn't my initiative, but I think it was one of my ideas before the election was to um, finally bring topics. So we we forked the Eden members channel. So anyone on this call who is an Eden member obviously already seen that. But it wasn't exactly a campaign promise, but it was something that I started pushing for a few weeks ago. 
uh, to enable new features so that we're not just all drinking from one chat room as a fire hose when there's multiple topics that come up on a day-to-day basis. So seeing that happen, I was really happy to see after the um, election, uh, the newly elected um, head chief delegate, Joe from EOS Asia, uh, is the owner of that group. And I believe he will pass on ownership of it to the next head chief delegate. And we'll start a really good tradition with that because the previous owner of the member chat was none other than, none other than Dan Larimer. And he has failed to hand over both the channel, failed to hand over, hand over the Twitter account. Um, so I was just really happy to see as a result of the election that the current chief delegates took action immediately. And also even like the layer ones, such as myself, just taking action immediately because uh, there's obviously a lot of work that needs to be done. And communicating what that work is is uh, very important. So I was happy to see that that got done so quick. Totally. And uh, yeah, that's a great, great initiative on your part to give me some free CPU every day. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's actually going to make my life easier on a day-to-day basis. Come on, just... as, as a UDOS user that often ends yeah. up struggling with, with, with CPU and I got to go to the bot and then I got to go check, try my gems account, see if there's there. Then I got to go message Denis to help say, now none of that's going to happen. I'm always going to have my stuff account that's available to fire some CPU when needed. So that's great. Personally, uh, on mobile, I use Android and as much as I love Anchor, the Android experience isn't as, as good as it is on desktop or when I had an iPhone. So I actually use Token Pocket Mobile when I, when I uh, sign things for mobile. So having like a uh, power-up for myself, it's every time I've prepaid for my own power-up, I end up like suggesting myself as like a superpower user. And I burn through my EOS and I never top it up. And then you guys know the drill. You go to do something, your transaction fails. You got to go to EOS power-up, do the free power-up, go back to what you're doing and start back over. So eliminating that whole problem uh, for Eden members using their Eden accounts, I'm really happy to do. And then also once Pomela season comes around, it'll make it one less headache if you ever get that failed transaction issue, uh, one less headache to deal with. And um, I'm monitoring the cost of it too, and it's like dirt cheap. I, I think it costed like 14 EOS to get it started because it was buying RAM for people at first, and there were a lot of people that were RAM poor. So I just started buying RAM for a bunch of Eden members. So we turned that off. Uh, so we're not like, cause you could sell the RAM, like the end users getting the free RAM, if they really wanted to exploit it, they could sell it. But everyone's an Eden member, so it'd be really hard to, you can't really do it anonymously. Um, but seeing the cost of it and how cheap it is, it's a great community service. I think like what I was budgeting in my mind, what? No, I was just wondering how often you're going to add new members to the list. Like once a month, once or at the end of your term? Or uh, I'm just watching in real time. So obviously all of this could be automated. But like the cost to automate, the time to automate, it just doesn't make sense. It's really a proof of concept. So every day I'm checking the Eden list for new members. And as soon as I see them uh, join, I'll wait this account on uh, EOS PowerUp. And the way EOS PowerUp works is Every 24 hours, everyone gets a free power, like a power up from my account, EOS.inc. And then EOS power up essentially monitors your CPU usage. And so if you're transacting, as soon as your CPU drops below like 10 or 20%, I don't know the exact number of like your capacity, then it will re-up you and it'll repower you up without even asking. It'll just automatically do it.
Yeah, and that doubled the uh, number of whitelisted accounts on EOS Power Up. So we added 505 accounts to the whitelist, and the total of all accounts on all whitelists is only like 1,200. So we they, uh, they have a stats page on the EOS Power Up site, and you could see like this huge spike uh, since Monday or whenever we did that. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Thanks, Zach. And uh, congrats again on, on becoming Layer 1 Delegate. All right. I think uh, Patrick is uh, is on deck, available uh, to say a few words to the community. Patrick, welcome to the fireside. Patrick? Can't hear you. Yeah, baby, yeah. I could just play your sound effect a bunch, I think. Gets the point across as well. <laughs> um, so whenever you fix your mic there, Patrick, we're, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, anyone else here wants to jump in, go ahead. If not, I'm going to start calling people out that I see in the chat that I know are Layer 1 delegates. Sure, I'll go. I'll go. Great. Who's this? This is Perry with DNews. And uh, I, got, I was elected as a uh, Level 1 uh, this last Saturday, so I'm really happy about that. And I would like to thank each and every one of you for your vote. I very much appreciate it. <laughs> Actually, there's nobody here in this group that voted for me, which is kind of a strange thing, right? It's, uh, so we, got, we became level one delegates. I want to share briefly what I promised my group and give you guys, in, in the spirit of transparency, give, give all of you the chance to keep track of me as well as my, my specific group. Uh, but I'll make it very brief. I, I basically uh, campaigned on the idea that I would be continuing to maintain and develop DNews and offering that uh, to the community, as well as supporting the effort for ESPX. And I, I really think that's a, a, a direction that we need to move in and, and explore. And it's not, of course, it's not finished and it's not even fully implemented, but I think uh, it deserves our, our attention and effort and, uh, and awareness. So uh, that was my, those are my two promises to, to the group. And as part of that, today I announced in the Eden Fractal meeting that for the next week, I'll be setting a proposal to actually do that with DNews and moving to the next stage where, where the, the elected officials, the elected delegates of Eden Fractal will be, in fact, the editors of DNews. And it'll be very simple on their part. It'll be very little work. Uh, I would consider it a uh, responsibility uh, to the community in that they maintain the, the whitelist and the blacklist of the publishing sources that make up the DNews stream. So it's a very simple thing. It's not complicated, and that's by design. I think uh, I want to take this baby step, and connect the two, connect this, this fractal form of uh, governance, this upvote up form of governance with a media asset. So that's what I'm doing, guys, and I'm really excited to be part of this community and pushing the envelope in these little ways because I think the, the little things that we're doing today can be important in the future uh, because we're at the very edge. We're at the edge. So happy to be here and thank you, thank you for the opportunity to speak. That's great. So who, who exactly are going to become editors? Sorry, is that all Layer 1 delegates or the people who are, sorry, I didn't quite get that. No, that's a very good question, uh, Stephen. Uh, 
I am of the mindset at this moment that it actually is a better design that this group that controls the media is not the, the, the delegates of, that, of, of Eden on EOS. I think for the benefit of the community, it, it, uh, it's better if it's an, another group that offers a counterbalance of power, just as we do in, when we're setting up uh, uh, government, governance systems in our countries, just like we have legislature and judicial and executive branches all balancing each other. So for that reason, I felt like it's better to put it to Eden Fractal and, and with the idea that, that whoever controls the media should be a different organization than those that control the inflation. Well, I think those are two good ways of cutting the pie. Of course, we're all just experimenting. Uh, that's, that's what it's in my mind right now. And so that's what I'm suggesting. All right, excellent. Uh, thank, thank you for sharing. Sounds like an interesting idea. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, the progress you do this, this term. All right, any other layer one delegates out here want to say something before I start calling people out? Hey, 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 Martin here from the .gems team. Um, I participated in all Eden elections so far. Uh, I had the honor to be elected as a layer one uh, delegate for the first time. Thanks so much for your trust in me. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to like um, what to execute on what I was running on. So for me, uh, what I was running on and what I got to support in my first group was to organize a little bit the, the layer one delegates as like one group and where we can maybe give each other similar like the chief delegates do this weekly we can do like less frequently but at some point uh, uh, regular at least uh, to give progress updates on our projects and maybe publish this so to create the awareness of what, what everybody's doing also create some transparency in this regard and if there are some funds or some delegates that don't know necessarily where to deploy the funds that we can coordinate where to pool funds or where to collectively um, deploy funds so that we can assure some of the continuity uh, of the tools and, and initiatives that, that came from one or one and a half years of the Eden communities. For example, the Soulbound tokens that were created for this election. So um, basically to, to the idea of circles that previous chief delegates had, um, you know, bring this forward and, and with some funding, bring some structure in there. So that was the first thing that I was running on. Uh, and I think um, if you're layer one, uh, I hope you're in the group. And uh, um, I deployed, like I put like a Google sheet there in order to find out like how frequent we should do these calls and if there's actually appetite for these. Uh, I don't want to make these calls mandatory. It's really for those that are that are want to coordinate and want to communicate on where and what the Eden community needs uh, uh, to, to develop initiatives or what is important to maintain. Um, so that was the first one that I was running on. And the other one uh, that uh, I thought has value that um, all these other Edens that are coming into this existence, so the Korean Eden, the Spanish Eden, the Chinese Eden, once these, these groups are form formulating um, and, and uh, have their elections, I thought it makes sense that we start also to communicate between these groups. And also potentially update each other on like different forms of political playoffs, different models, different learnings that we had, and potentially have some kind of like regular report on what I like to call like the global Eden, 
um, or like all the Edens together. And so Eve's touched upon this a little bit, uh, that we overcome the problems that come with uh, the asynchronous time zones that our community is in. Um, for the last one, basically publishing these articles, um, uh, I had to, I, I'm planning to maybe work with uh, Marco, who does the the, uh, the, the briefings, uh, or Lenny, who does anyway the all the recaps for the Western Eden. So they were in my second round, and therefore we can already co coordinate with the three of us on like uh, how we basically as layer ones can coordinate this initiative to basically have some media outlet that that updates everybody on the um, yeah global Eden, different Edens, and um, yeah. Basically, the progress that, that the Eden idea of political playoffs as, as a concept make uh, in the different cultures and in the different communities. So, yeah, that's basically the two things that I'm planning for this term. All right. That's great, Mern. Congratulations again. And uh, thanks for sharing with us. All right. Uh, Patrick, if your mic is good, you know you can jump in. Nathan is in bed with a sick kid at the moment. I don't know if that stops you from sharing a few words, uh, but you can jump in or any other layer one delegate, go for it. Um, if you can all hear me uh, above the uh, construction going on, I'll uh, do a real quick. Uh, yeah, we can hear uh, you. It's not, it's not bad. Welcome. Welcome, Marco, and congratulations. Thank you. First time delegate uh, attended each everyone, including the uh, uh, practice ones. Um, all right, so as uh, Martin said, and uh, before him, um, I've been uh, keeping community informed through briefings and crypto writer and stuff, continue to do that. Um, but now I have uh, more options to add some dynamic features to the website. Um, <clears throat> I really love that um, the media and Eden um, level one delegates are becoming more active in um, weekly, daily um, chats, community, whatever, um, and working together, really. I thought it would take a lot longer to get us to work together to be productive. I just wanted to raise awareness. <clears throat> um, so my um, initially, what I was thinking uh, before um, we started uh, chatting after the election was to sponsor some productivity meetings uh, for publication um, on chain and uh, articles uh, and extend that to uh, all Eden members to join it. Um, kind of model a little bit after the Eden fractal. So receiving some EOS is going to be um, more pop-up meetings uh, to gauge interest. But the idea for productivity is to um, either touch on key issues or actively advance something. And along those ends, I had an uh, NFT idea for people who want to um, have future meetings. Um, also brought up in my uh, group was um, how I feel about the governance and key issues. Um, so that's um, on the mind as well as um, for publication and investigation, of course. The concerns of each individual uh, member of my group, uh, which go to improving and easing the onboarding process. That was a big concern for um, outside of the Western um, demographic. Uh, same thing with a uh, more friendly user interface. Um, and as far as the uh, Pomelo contributions, there's 
the uh, Dow universe, uh, possibly some Telos, as has been mentioned earlier today, and uh, the upload bot. And that's what I got for, for now. All right. Thank you very much uh, for sharing and, and good luck with everything in your term. Patrick, you flicked on for just a second here. Let's see who else we have. We got Drew Block in the house, also a layer one delegate. Want to come on the mic, say a little something? Sure. How's my sound? It's, it's great. Probably better than Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, I have a lot of experience with it. Um, so uh, I was uh, elected as a layer one delegate. I'd like to uh, thank my group, which included... Uh, uh, Murphy, Ron, uh, Yana, and and Greg. Um, so many thanks for trusting me to be your your delegate. And uh, um, in this in the same vein, I I want to thank uh, Joshua Seymour for being very um, willing to uh, listen and represent the uh, the delegates that were in his group. Um, as far as what I ran on, I, I had a very specific proposal to create a fully on-chain voting and Rex rewards proxy uh, where BP votes can be proposed by chief delegates and then approved by delegates. Um, that, that requires uh, a new account, Eden.rex, so that will be uh, based on if uh, uh, we can uh, start that new account. If not, then um, I'm also um, interested in uh, Eden onboarding uh, through the weekly rewards meetings. I think that's um, another uh, useful thing and something that, uh, to me, is a, a big value add, in, in my opinion. Um, in addition, I'm also uh, very supportive of uh, opening up Edens in other communities. So if I can do anything to support that, I'd like to do that as well. But yeah, that's, that's sort of roughly, that's sort of what I ran on, more or less. All right. Well, that that's great, and uh, congratulations uh, on becoming layer one delegate. Who else do we have hidden here? I see Evgeny is in the house, also a layer one delegate. Do you want to jump on the mic, say a little something? Hi, you're coming in not so clear, but let's give it a try, anyways. You know, ro robots can be delegates too. Um, uh, no, Steph, they cannot because we have a civil protection system. <laughs> there you go, Jesse coming in with the facts. Maybe now my... Uh... Yes, now you sound great. Oh, yeah. okay. Welcome to the fireside, Evgeny. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, hello, everyone. I this is was my first time when I've been chosen as a first level delegate, and I wanted to thank you. Uh, my room it, it's Brandon Lovejoy and uh, Max Cha. I um, participated in uh, at an election where I uh, presented my project, uh, the Russian speaking EOS community, like EOS. Uh, this is the um, at first, it's uh, my Telegram channel and Twitter, YouTube, um, and other social media networks. 
and where I spread information about EOS. Uh, interesting that today is exactly uh, birthday of uh, like EOS. It's three years uh, since I started um, this work. Uh, and in an election, I wanted to find uh, some funding for to develop uh, this project to attract new authors, translators, and uh, uh, some assistance. Uh, be because uh, uh, there is a lot of information uh, about EOS. Um, a lot of articles, uh, a lot of uh, meetings, for example, like Fireside Chat, uh, and all of this, uh, I should, um, we should, in like us, we should um, take a part in all of these uh, uh, meetings and um, read and sometimes translate some articles and uh, spread this information on our channels. Uh, so I want to spend uh, my funds like level one delegates to develop and uh, to attract new to develop uh, this community and to attract new users uh, to us all right that's great um did, so did i understand correctly you said this is your year three birthday for when you started working um on eos is that it no, on EOS, I was um, on since uh, since the ICO. Yeah, I know you've uh, been yeah. here a long time. I recognize you, especially in the NFT scene. I, I know uh, you've been here a long time. Uh, yes, uh, but uh, my Telegram channel, like was when I started to oh, I create my Telegram group, uh, right uh, on twelve. Okay. Yes, three years ago. Well, day. happy Telegram channel creation <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Thank you very much. And congratulations for being elected a level one delegate this term. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Next up, maybe we can have uh, Daniel Keys join us on stage. Share a bit about hey, his experience hey, hey. as a elected level one. Thanks very much for having me up. Uh, yeah, this was my first time being elected as a delegate at any level. Um, I've uh, participated in most of the elections. I think I've missed one or two of them. Um, previously, I've never attempted to move forward as a level one delegate. And it was an interesting experience this time um, getting moved forward for the first time. Uh, another thing that was new for me in, in this election was typically every other election I participated in, there were very few people in the rooms that were trying to move forward as, as chief delegates. This time, everybody was, was uh, moving forward, even in my first group, uh, which is a cool sign of the progress we're making as a community, how we're, how we're becoming more, I guess, bought into this process and more, you know, participating. Or maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe I just happened to have, have a group of, of keeners in my group. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting experience. Still some kinks to work out. Uh, my, my experience began getting a phone call from Denny, who was in my group, uh, phoning me to wake me up to say, "Hey Dan, are you joining?" Uh, because the UI had, uh, I guess, some some issues with the time zone or something that was telling me that it was going to start an hour later, and I had set my alarm a little too late. Luckily, though, I got the call and was able to join the room on time. Um, so still some still some quirks to work out in in the UI, and and um, as you'll see by the consensus we came up, that's kind of one of the themes. Um, 
But my, my general pitch was I'm going to represent the consensus of this group to the chief delegates. Um, and that doesn't end in this election. I'll continue to keep an open lines of communication with the group that elected me. Um, you know, continue checking in on, you know, the thoughts of the community that I represent and, and, you know, committing to representing those thoughts to the, the chief delegates so that they can be heard. Um, so after the election concluded and I was elected as a chief delegate, I created a telegram group with the group. Uh, I did my best to summarize the conversation we had in the room. Uh, you know, what the, what I had, you know, um, what the, what I thought the consensus was and uh, had the, everyone in that room weigh in and confirm, yeah, it looks like you captured it correctly. Here's some little tweaks here and there. And um, thank you to Martin for setting up that L1 channel and, and the Google form. I, I went ahead and I submitted that consensus to the, to the Google form. So now that it can be you know, put on the record and all the chief delegates have access to it. Um, and, and I had the pleasure, like, like I said, I got, I didn't move past the L1 level. I, I was in the room with Nathan James and um, his his platform to, you know, really work on defining the purpose of Eden resonated with me. And it was in line, I think, with the conversation that we had in my room. Um, so I had the pleasure of electing Nathan to move forward as a chief delegate. Um, so I'll quickly go over the, the bullet points I captured here for the consensus that my group and thank you in particular, the, the group that elected me, uh, Sebastian and Bishop from EOS Support, Denny Carrier from, from EOS Nation, and Nicholas Lorenzi, the group that elected me to move forward. And the consensus we agreed on, agreed on is that uh, Eden needs to focus on building and improving the tools and services that push the needle on growing the membership and the election turnout so that it can increase resilience and govern itself more effectively. Uh, in particular, we need more user-friendly member onboarding and election processes and need to continue testing and improving as we continually raise the stakes incrementally. Uh, we need to expand Eden beyond the English-speaking community. Uh, we should look for opportunities to test Eden as an identity solution for new use cases with limited stakes. For example, Pamela Trust Bonus, B's Whitelist, Sold Down Tokens. Um, we support, support the current mission statement of Eden, which is to add value to the EOS network. Uh, until the Eden community grows much larger, has a stronger representation across different languages and geographies from the broader EOS community, and has increased the resilience of its governance processes through iterative testing and development, Eden is not ready to be focused on a proxy or governance beyond the Eden community. Uh, in terms of the budget, I'll be creating a collection on Pomelo based on the feedback of my L1 group for projects that help push the needle on these themes that we agreed on. And I'll donate my budget to those projects in the collection. Um, well, well done. That's great. Thanks for the great recap. Love that you guys captured the essence of your L1 room. I personally agree with a lot of what was said there in that statement. Probably agree with all of it, actually. Um, and, and yeah, that's great to see. And, uh, thanks for, for, for sharing a bit today and congratulations on getting elected once more. Thanks for the opportunity to share. All right. All right. Next up, who do we have? I think, uh, we've got Jesse who's next alphabetically as a layer one delegate. Do you want to come on and say a few words, Jesse? Yeah. Hey everyone. Jesse with the bees. It was an awesome election. Um, particularly um, exciting was the completion of phase one of our civil protection plan. And I'll get into it um, 
during this, but I want to just thank the people in my my first group, um, especially uh, Love Handles of the Dot Gems team and Adam of EOS Detroit. There was also uh, June Dam of D Board, and me and June both wanted to move forward, but Adam and uh, Love Handles they work with NFTs. And if you work on a project with NFTs, you have uh, bot issues. And um, they were very interested in using what um, I and others was building in term four. And that propelled me um, to uh, L1 Delegate. And so um, I'm, it's great that I'm empowered to continue uh, building that. Um, in my round two group, um, Rec Kid, uh, Daniel Keys, and, and Nathan, um, I was uh, very pleased to vote for Nathan. I'm so excited that he's participating and he's a chief delegate, and uh, I'm sure he's going to do awesome. Um, in terms of the, so for the civil stuff, um, so what we've done is um, automatically distribute a non-transferable NFT, we're calling it a soulbound token. We think that's like better for marketing. Um, if you vote in the election. And because the election, everyone has to be in the same room, or not in the same room. Everyone has to be at the same place, um, at the same time, with their video on, having an intimate conversation for an hour. Um, this is very powerful, just inherently like civil resistant. We're formalizing it uh, with the distribution of the Soulbound token. And the more I think about it, um, the more like powerful I feel like this solution is for a really big problem, a hair on fire problem out there in our community um, with bots um, exploiting um, NFT projects and others um, for the resources in those uh, games and projects. So um, the next thing that we... Um, call it phase two is uh, building a script. Um, so um, NFT artists, for example, can um, check um, one of two things. One, are you an Eden member? And two, do you have at least one of these uh, soulbound tokens? And um, we also want to design the script so that the call it just like the, the client or the project can choose how um, hard or soft um, civil they want. Um, um, civil protection is not binary. It's a, it's a spectrum. So just for example, um, like a really hard civil is maybe you have to um, do three elections in a row over nine months. Like that's like a huge barrier, right? And uh, you have to have three of these uh, SBTs. Or maybe like, um, I mean, I, I, I did a market research um, during term four. And I spoke to um, Nefty Blocks, for example, and, and uh, Juan, great guy. He was concerned, um, like, why can't I just uh, um, authenticate my users just from the induction? I don't want to have them. I don't want to, like, have my users wait for, like, up to three months to go to the election. And so he wants, like, the softest civil possible. But I'm, you know, I was telling him that the induction is really not appropriate as a civil uh, protection tool, at least how it's currently um, constructed. Um, but anyways, um, so we want to build that script uh, this term and, do, and, and complete a beta test. 
Um, and so there've been a couple of artists that um, have joined the Eden community like back in October. Um, and so hopefully they can, so the idea is they would do like a, a collection on EOS and NFT drop that only Eden members who voted in this election um, are able to claim. And so that would be, to me, that would be like complete phase two. Hopefully we can do that by um, in this term five. And uh, yeah, I just want to um, thank everyone uh, for participating, Eden, especially people in my group uh, for voting for me. And uh, yeah, it's always, always a great day, election day. And uh, to, yeah, and just yeah, excited for all the, the work we can do this term. All right. Congratulations again, Jesse. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, what's your track record uh, in Eden so far? I, th I think you've had some success in past. Yeah, years. yeah. Um, so I'm a, I'm a two-time chief delegate. Um, I'm the only person who's achieved that other than uh, Chris Barnes. And uh, the times that I haven't been a chief delegate, so I'm, and this, I'm a three-time um, L1 delegate. Wow, and, you've been uh, elected five times? Five out of five? Yes. Batting 100%? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, yeah, just I, the Enoch community has been um, very, very kind to me. And um, it's allowed me to uh, build um, the bees and all of, of the tools. And I hope the community appreciates um, what I've done so far. I think it's very clear that the community appreciates it. Um, that's awesome. I mean, we, we, this is now a new item that I'm going to add to my wish list, my Eden wish list, which I'll share with you guys in a bit. A leaderboard for who's been elected, how many times, all that stuff. Man, there's so much data I want to see about Eden. But we'll get into that in just a bit. Uh, are there any other Layer 1 delegates? I think there are. Lenny. I see Lenny's in the chat here, also a Layer 1 delegate. Yes. Uh, I Can you okay. hear me all right? Yes, Lenny. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's great to hear all these different uh, summaries and similar. And uh, first of all, I want to say thanks for, to Zach for that brilliant idea. And uh, that's really, yeah. That's the kind of thing Eden members should have. They should have benefits, and we just got to figure it out how we do it best. But anyway, uh, my background uh, when it comes to Eden and EOS is I've, I was here from the beginning, and I've been to every trial election, also every election. Uh, first term, I did become level one. Uh, what do you call it? Delegate level one or layer one. And uh, that was okay. But continuously up to this election, I've actually withdrawn my candidacy in level one because I saw skill sets better suited for the time in other people. And I'm happy to say the guys I withdrew for all ended up as CDs and very good ones. So that makes me real happy about that. But this time around, uh -uh. We, those that follow Eden discussions and Eden channels they would have seen the frenzy of dialogue and discussion and not always productive, or I would say mostly not productive. So I was determined this time that now I need to get in at least to delicate level. So governance is one of my strong suits, as is accountability. And that's what I was going out with and was to pitch myself. Someone got in the way of that, actually. And I don't know, his name is Stefan. 
Because this guy, he said something about, oh, we should have a recaps guy in, a guy in every breakout room so we know what happens. And of course, that's a nifty idea. But that gave me an idea. That's what I started to do now. Recaps, recaps of each delegate through their breakout rooms. And that's what I pitched. Because accountability. A lot of us know who got elected. We can see it online, websites. Unfortunately, tricky to see history, but at least recent history. But what happened with the funds? Where did it go? A lot of people are working in the dark and working hard without really showing it or talking about it. But we want to keep some track. What did they promise to do? And there's no way of doing it very easy. So as uh, level one, that is my first priority and delaying the bylaw review and similarly that needs to be done and that I was going to pitch. And uh, luckily I was in a group that had much the same thought, I would say. And they pushed me up with one addition, which we have heard a few times here already, that we have to make it easier to become an EDA member. We have to strengthen the rules for EDA members and also make the election process smoother. And I must say that bot, the upward bot, have done great steps and look forward to see the rest of it. So anyway, so I became a L1 delegate, went up to round two, didn't get any further, but that's a first also. First set of round two without consensus. But hey, consensus is also a decision. For us, it was mainly due to technical reasons. We had delays and other things, but that's, that's life. You live by it and work on. But uh, look forward to these recaps because each delegate will... The thing is, it's 25 to 30 hours of video in total. That's quite a bit. But I normally go through anyway to learn different characters and what is being promised. So I'll do a recap format, make it easy. So if anyone is interested, at least you can find the easily the people you want to keep an eye on and also find timelined the different commitments. So anyway, thanks a lot for those that trusted me. And I guess most of you or some of you at least know me. I've been here for a while. And I'm happy to be here and try to serve a community. Thanks. Congratulations again, uh, Lenny. Um, regarding the recaps for every room, you know, I think it's great that you're offering to do that. But actually, I think that should be kind of an established norm, community norm, where if you're elected level one delegate, you're expected to kind of come up with a nice little recap like Daniel Keyes shared and, and share that. But but maybe someone needs to compile all of them. So maybe, Lenny, you don't necessarily need to go and figure out the consensus yourself by watching the room, but maybe, you know, make sure these delegate every layer one delegates does it. I don't know. Just throwing ideas out there. I appreciate that. You might save me a bundle of hours. I'll work on that. <laughs> you got good ideas. I appreciate it. Thanks. Sometimes, sometimes. sometimes. Another idea I have actually and I have no idea if this is technically possible. Uh, maybe I'll ask Yana to figure it out or maybe other streaming experts we have here in the community. But it would be awesome to live stream every single room as it's going on. I think that would add a lot of excitement and, uh, you know, watch party potential for these Eden elections. So maybe something, um, something to think about for, for, for next time. All right, who else do we have? We've got Tian. 
Tian here as well from EOS Support, who's a Layer 1 delegate. Are you available to uh, jump on mic for a bit? Yeah. Um, can anyone hear me? Yeah, there's slight audio issues. I know we talked about that already, uh, Tian, but uh, just just do your best and, and uh, you know we'll work with it. Okay, uh, I apologize if anyone can't hear me because my boss and is uh, a sick. But a few days I got um, a little sick, but I want to share some as well, like another cities and layer one delegates. Um, so yeah, I'm citing to expand on what is begging to build into the Spanish community, the Spanish speaking community. Because there are many incredible leaders and incredible people, and know that I have the opportunity to advocate to the members and the community. I'm open to help in any way I can. Um, this is my first time getting elected as layer one delegate, so I got involved with Edgar and the Denia team to build it in Spanish. And I was able to talk with Jorge, with Jorge, what is in the mind leader of the fractal Spanish, the Eden fractal Spanish, and they are progressively moving forward with incredible people as well. And now we have a, a good and great opportunity to incorporate tools within the Spanish community and improve it and it's great to know that I'm not the only person involved in these systems and these protocols because I was able to talk about um, on this with people who are also in Colombia. If some of you don't know, I'm from Colombia and there are another members involved as well in in Mexico, Costa Rica, Venezuela, Spain, Argentina, Cuba, and some other that I could forgot, but they are also involved. And I think that our community is aligning in the same direction, and that's great, and it's a good point. And that's why I would like to invite any member of the community of the of the EOS community and the Eden community that are or is interested in the to participate in the test election that will take place into the Eden Spanish, which is my main proposal for which I was elected as delegate layer one. So I call to have amazing amazing people in my rooms. Um, like Rodrigo, who is building fanzines, and I hear today what is he building and looks amazing. Guion and Sergio, who, who are um, committed members in the community, and in the, the another room, I have Andrew, Michael, Parry, um, and Joshua as well. So who are members that have a weird expensive experience on how they can help and contribute to the to the community. And if anyone were 
are interested in participating in these elections that will be run on the other in Spanish is welcome. I strongly believe that Eden uh, is gaining influence from the governance of Eden in other language, and at least for me, that is amazing because um, thanks to that, people have the opportunity to do to do amazing things, and I want also thanks uh, to the community of after you bought on my confidence and my trust. And yeah, I'm excited to share with you as layer one of Delegate and what is to come. All right, that's great, Jan. Thank you and congratulations once again. Uh, Vlad, are you available to come uh, say a few words to the community? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, welcome to the far side. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it was my second time being elected as a level one delegate. Uh, my promise was to continue working on the Eden Fractal and the Zeos Fractal. I think with the Zeos Fractal, we have uh, we are building a great method how to onboard more people to Eden. So excited to work on that. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Vlad. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing. Uh, Good luck in your term and congratulations once again. Thank you. All right, are there any other Layer 1 delegates that I may have missed that are in here that want to say a little something? If not, we're going to wrap up these delegate words with uh, Patrick, who tells me his mic is fixed and he's ready to go. Uh, but Patrick, before you jump on here, let's just give a second to see if there's anyone I missed. I don't think so. Stephen? Um, Yes, Devin, I just want to I just want to recognize uh, the other people in my room since that is the protocol of the other level one. I want to recognize Reset from Turkey, Francis from China, and Victor from Uganda. It was a it was a global effort in our room, and thank you, gentlemen. And I hope that I can represent you uh, in this term. So thank you. That's it. Thanks, Barry. All right, and last but not least, I'd like to welcome Patrick Nova Crypto, Pat Nova Joy, one of the loudest, most passionate EOS community members since the very start, one of our new chief delegates. Patrick, welcome and congratulations. Yeah, hello, Stefan. Do you hear me well? Yeah, baby, yeah. That's the confirmation that I waited. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> very happy to be with you today. And uh, yeah, okay. So I, I just want to to say everyone that has believing in in me. Thank you very much um, to have voted for me or to have give you give me your support. Very happy with that uh, about my election. That was 
unexpected. I was late for the election. I was 15 minutes after the time. I have made the upvote bot reminder. I have made my my phone reminder. Uh, I was sleeping because I was very late on the the day af on the day before going to the bed as always very late, fast not sleeping. Was preparing my uh, my deck, my three slide deck for this election, and finally I have Luke Stoke calling me into my Telegram. What are you doing? You come or not? And and I was uh, joining the the election. I was into the round one with uh, Luke Stoke and with Jerry of D Goods. That was very well. Uh, they have supported me, so I I I I I, I go to the next round. And I have the chance to be with my inviter, Zach Gold, on May 2021. 20, Last year, he was uh, inducting me into Eden. So I have the chance to be with Zach Gold in my room, with uh, Xavier Fernandez of uh, past uh, term four. And I was also with Red Outderpool of Zeisen Global into the same room. They have gave me a lot of support into the into the room, uh, seeing that I will be very committed and focus on what I do because very committed uh, as always. If I am would not have the chance to be chief delegate on this term, or also maybe not uh, delegate level one, I have already been two time delegate level one. But if I would not be anything of that. For me, that's changed anything. I feel me uh, a member of the EOS community, of the Eden on EOS community, and I want just to continue what I do, as always. So what, what is my plan for this term five uh, in the absolute and also for Eden on EOS? First of all, I have made the chief delegate interviews as I do at every term since the beginning. So I have interviewed Nathan James, NS James, you have the video. Stefan, thank you very much. You have interviewed me and I have put the video just uh, in time. All swarmed with the, the bees by Jesse Jaffe. I have made swarms for that. That's very needed. We have to market us. Otherwise, no one will market us. Then what I have promised that I will do, in Duro, I have stated that I will be very committed with the bylaws because the bylaws have to be on-chain common. That's not normal that we are on the EOS main net and we have not even for the Genesis one, the bylaws on-chain. So now we will have the bylaws on-chain. That's the first point that I want to be committed. The second point is the non-clement funds of delegate level one, or let's say non-climate funds in general, have not to be stuck and staying into the hidden fractal smart contract. They will be going back to the treasury after uh, X months variable, normally six months, but we can do something very uh, flexible. So uh, we will also have the bylaws very well crafted in bullet points because the bylaws are like Shakespeare. This is not yet not yet really bylaws that can be actionable and uh, machine 
program programmable uh, recognized by the smart contract. So we want bylaws very well crafted. For that, I am in contact with Max Shaw of uh, Eden Korea, because by Eden Korea, they have the bylaws on chain. They have think about their process from bottom to the top. And that's what exactly I will do during this term. I am already in. We will do. Uh, I will do. I speak for me at least, but uh, I, I will do that also in collaboration with NS James for sure. Um, we are totally aligned that we need to have the process uh, optimized, the process well crafted to reduce the probability to have bad intent into the Edenonios community. And that's begin by having process very well crafted, deterministic, and that's begin also by having the bylaws, as I stated, on chain. Also, the induction script has to be very well clear. Uh, why only say, I agree to the peace treaty or I agree to the bylaws? That makes no sense. We need to ask some question to the invite to the guest or to the new member. What, what, what is your goal when you are joining Eden on EOS at least? Uh, also test a little bit the English. And for that, a good induction script by Ben Sigman, but we will improve it, this script, and also have that on the, on the, on the web. And by speaking about the web, I am behind mine web, as you know, and going on Pomelo season five soon for the fifth time with Pomelo uh, uh, mine web. And mine web is an angular piece of software knowledge base. So that will be into the Telegram, new member Telegram for Eden, where we have categories now in, in, a, in a Telegram that's very well welcomed. We will have the mind map Eden dashboard because I, I maintain the Eden dashboard for Eden since the beginning, where you have the video of the CDs that are mapped out. There will be also the Spend Explorer by Xavier Fernandez and uh, Edgar Fernandez of Edenia uh, that will be mapped out. The recap of Lenny will be also mapped out. All will be connected. So I have a lot of work to do. And um, I will share here just a slide of my deck, not the three slide, but just this slide. And I think you will, you have the, the message here, slide, okay. So that's exactly what I have presented during my rooms. That's exactly what I will do. That's my personal objective. It's to create a um, platform model ecosystem for Eden Onios, but also for Eden Fractal, because I am into the both sides. I am since June with Dancing Joy at the core of Eden Fractal, also with Vlad that was just speaking before. I am connected with them and I announce here that I have gave today into the Eden Fractal that was recorded. I have gave funds to, to Vlad of, of Eden Fractal to continue the Eden Fractal integration because we have tools there. 
and those integration that we do into Eden Fractal will benefit also Eden on EOS. So you see my plan. I do the special Eden on EOS videos. That's not just to say, hello, guys. Uh, I am happy that you are elected. That's also to make some update about uh, Eden on EOS. We have not to wait the end of the three months to have a regular update. So I will do regular update videos. I do also, as you know, the Antilope Swiss workshop, fourth season beginning on January 23rd. I announced already, I have Jesse Jaffe of the Bees. We will do an update about the mind map and the cockpit for EOS Bees that was released on December 23rd. I will have a video with Daniel Keys, Pomelo season five. We will speak about Pomelo. I have a video with uh, Dancing Joy, Vlad, Tadas Veitukunas for an Eden Fractal update number four. And I have Maurice Vanegas for the 18 uh, UFI workshop. So I am committed, fucking committed. I do exactly what I say because for me, it's all about testify your intent, do the things, deliver. So all what is written here, you can, you are not even to ask me if I will do, I will do. There is no other way because I cannot see into my glass, into my window when I wake up, if I have not made what I have testified. So it is, it's all about intent testifying, doing the things, deliver the things. That's features of trust. You cannot say of someone, I trust you. You can just check the things. So I checked the people with who I work. Jesse Jaffe, I love him. I work with him since September, October last year. I love to work with Dancing Joy into Eden Fractal, with Vlad, with Tadas Veitikunas, that I give also some funds. Uh, I fund basically other projects. I don't, I don't take any salary for me into this uh, chief uh, uh, election because I want to grow the value of EOS. And when I say I want to, to grow the value of EOS, I know what I speak because grow the value of EOS means nothing. This mission statement is very poor. We will improve this mission statement. The mission statement, the common mission statement, yeah, common. The mission statement of Eden on EOS is to help communities of verified humans, that's the civil check, wherever they are, build their own versions of Eden, whatever that may be, together, powered by EOS. That's that. And we will help other people to create beautiful things. All of that will come mind map Eden cockpit and mind map Eden, Eden fractal cockpit. Because I work for the two communities, I want to bridge Eden Fractal with Eden on EOS that will be bridged, that will be interoperable. And so we need process well-crafted into Eden on EOS. We need process well-crafted into the circle of Eden Fractal. And then we can create the bridge. And when we have made all that, we can add on top of the Eden on EOS, the people, the human, not the other way. We have to make bottom-up. I am totally aligned with NS James. We will work uh, in a good collaboration. But I will do my things. I will be also 
consensual with my fellow uh, cities, very uh, happy to be with Joshua Seymour, Nathan James, Joseph, and very grateful for my um, uh, my people into my room, like Zach Gold. Thank you very much, Zach, for the support. Xavier Fernandez and uh, Red Out There Pool that I will certainly also interview soon for an update about Zizen Global uh, soon. So thank you very much for your support and uh, go Eden on EOS, go EOS. And uh, yeah, I can just say that I am very grateful and yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, Patrick. Congratulations uh, once again. All right. Thank you, everyone, for sharing uh, these comments, uh, all of you elected uh, delegates. That was really great. Um, looking forward to the next edition of this hot sauce in three months after the next uh, eating election. All right. So if you guys will allow me the next two hours. No, I don't know how long it's going to be. Probably not two hours. But I've got uh, a lot to say about this uh, previous election. Um, where to start? Well, I've got a plan. So I know where to start. So so basically, I'm going to start by sharing why I did the things I did on, on the January 7th election. And I'm going to list all the strategies that I employed and what I learned in the process and the suggestions uh, to Eden that, that I, I bring based on all of these, uh, these learnings. So uh, first of all, I'm going to share a few base assumptions that I had that I believe that impacted how I acted in the January election. So um, these are assumptions. Some of this is fact. A lot of it is speculation slash my best guess at what I think people, why I think people do the things they do. Of course, no one can really know for sure, uh, but you gotta, you gotta make decisions based on something. And so these are the things I believe and, and I made my decisions based on these things. So, okay, so let's get into it. So first of all, I believe that Block One and Helios are incentivized to try to unlock Brock's tokens that were frozen from uh, by the block producers. Technically not Brock's tokens, technically the network's tokens, but Brock has a claim on them. Block one had a claim on them. He, they sold them to Brock, all of that brouhaha, whatever. To me, seems reasonable that they are incentivized to try to unlock these tokens. Um, Han and some, some of the EOS community members have been for years vocally and actively trying to stop slash forbid slash decentivize voting rewards on EOS, both on-chain and off-chain. They've been campaigning against voter rewards. That became my vote EOS. That became the Eden Smart Proxy. That became the EOS Smart, Smart Proxy. This latest proxy is now being organized and supported in parts by Han, by Helios, and by Block One in some fashion or another. Um, the Eden Smart, Smart Proxy as it was presented leading up to the election, has a whitelisted set of block producers that Eden members can vote for. The whitelist conditions are set by the proxy owners. If a BP completes all of the conditions in a way that satisfies the proxy owners, then these BPs are added to the whitelisted list of BPs. Eden members can vote among the whitelisted BPs 
for which BPs they would like to see on the voting roster of this Eden Smart Proxy. Uh, there's no on-chain way to guarantee that the proxy owners will not add or modify the whitelist requirements in the future. From what I understood, the security model was basically, trust me, bro. This Eden Smart Proxy was presented with the ultimate goal of allocating 1% of the inflation to it, and a proxy that has 1% inflation directed to it will eventually force all voters to vote for it due to the extremely high yield and high share of total network inflation. That proxy will eventually control the top 21. Therefore, whoever controls the owner permissions of this proxy effectively controls the EOS network. The rest is theater. So if 1% inflation is allocated to only one proxy and not the other proxies in the network, then the network has basically been captured by the owner keys of that proxy. The Eden Smart Proxy was also promoted to large token holders Using, using deceiving stats about the size and activity levels of Eden, of its community, of its proxy, and all of the activities uh, related to it. The Eden Smart Proxy was also promoted to large token holders, whales, and exchanges as a way for them to increase their block-producing rewards and profits by not having to give any voter rewards anymore. At the same time, this is sold to the community in a way that the BPs who get these extra rewards will reinvest them back into the community. Again, no, no, no on-chain mechanisms to force this. Just trust me, bro. Did so? So uh, did the Eden Pro Smart Proxy really think that I don't know? For example, Bitfinex was going to invest more in the EOS community if they had increased block producer rewards. I personally don't buy that. Also, I think that the Eden Smart Proxy was promoted to both Eden members and large token holders in a deceptive way that masked the true intentions of the proxy creators and the proxy backers, which I assume would be Helios and Block One staking large amounts of tokens to it. Their true intentions is to capture the network and unfreeze the block one and Brock tokens. I believe that Helios hired employees are paid to effectively work towards that goal, perhaps with or without knowing that they are themselves doing that. So I believe that the EOS network was under attack via the Eden smart proxy. And I felt I needed to defend the EOS network through Eden. So to recap, block one and Helios are incentivized to try to unlock Brox tokens, parentheses Brox tokens, and Block One and Helios were trying to use Eden to deceive large token holders in order to get them to vote for their game-breaking proxy. I'm not gonna check. I'm not gonna check the comments just yet. Um, I'd rather not go into discussions about each of these points. We can discuss that afterwards. Obviously, the, the, this is my opinion, and I'm just kind of painting a picture of what I was operating under. Like, so you're not going to allow counter-arguments to all these points, Stefan. You're going to go on a pre-record, you've pre-prepared this. You've labeled about 15 different points that could be talked about, and you're yeah. not going to allow an opportunity to respond? Well, yeah, just not just right now. I'd like to go over the other points that I've prepared. So if you want to take notes... Take notes. I'm definitely ready to respond to them uh, afterwards. Um, well, we'd be kind of topical if we could cover these now, since you've just thrown out a whole bunch of shit. 
You're not going to go, but go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. For well, I'm just straight. Like, this is just what I believed at the time. You know, if that's the true reality of the situation, maybe it is, maybe it is not. I don't claim to have the ultimate truth in the world, but this is my truth. And that's, those are the assumptions that I was operating under. This seems to be a very controversial subject. And I think in the spirit of fairness, uh, I don't think it's really right that you take advantage of your host position to choose the timing to come through a very well-prepared and very well-spoken, uh, I will say that, very well, very, very, very uh, persuasive argument to, to kind of uh, ambush us a little bit. I think a proper debate is, is warranted if we're going we're gonna to go at that quality level. And uh, I think that was a question. So let's do that, but let's let's allow other people to prepare and let's do it right. Let's talk about it. Let's really talk about it. All right. Did let's I, talk, did I just, let's talk okay. about it a bit. But like like I said, whatever arguments you bring up will not change the fact that this is what I believed at the time. Right? This is what I believed leading up to the election. So yeah. we can debate if this is true or not, but it's not going to change that it was true for me at the time. Not even I'm not even touching the the, the content of your comments at all. I'm just suggesting that if we're going to really have this debate, let's make it a fair debate. You're a fair person, Stefan. Let's make it a fair debate. Let's let's give people time to prepare like you just did. You clearly did. And I'm giving you a lot of credit for that. But let's let's make it a fair debate because it's an important debate. It's at the crux of the uh, entire reason why we're all here and we and half of us have one idea and the other half have another idea. So let's let's agree on a day and let's have a let's say maybe next next meeting is dedicated to this. We have some brief brief uh, household business, but basically we talk about this subject because it's an important one. Yeah, I'd like to know EOS didn't have time to prepare itself. If this is true, it's a subversive attack. I just want to say something here. Okay. Uh, don't cut me off. Don't write me off, okay? Otherwise, I will sing. Don't write me off, okay? Uh, that was my last song, by the way. Don't write me off. And that was for a reason that I have made this song. Because there is a lot of bullshit, okay? So, hidden onions, we have to be focused on the processes. The proxy, whatever what you want to call it, Toto, Titi, Vovo, Tutu, that's totally egal, okay? Now it's rebranded for EOS Smart Proxy. To be considered as a smart proxy, smart, so specific, specific, measurable, ambitious, realistic, and in time, just say, don't just say smart to be sexy, but something to be very well crafted. So if you want to have a good proxy, you have to, you need to have good BPs in, okay? And this proxy, I have a, I have a campaign ad for that. I, have, I, I was with Zach Gold, Xavier Fernandez into my room. I have also put a message. I had the ball to put this message into Telegram. I stated, I will not spend one minute of my time during this term five to take the, to, to waste my time 
to discuss about this proxy because this proxy has nothing to do with what we have to do into this Eden on EOS. We have to find our raison d'être. We have to do bottom up. So I don't want any distraction. So this proxy should be managed out of Eden on EOS by someone very dedicated and by people that we can check and have the trust. For the moment, what I have seen for the permission on the smart contract, Denis Carrier has made a good job to demystify the, the, the permission behind the smart contract. That's very poor. That's very poor. So, Ovi, if you can't hear Patrick anymore, I fucking don't care. I say what I want to say here, and I don't want to have a debate on long on this proxy, make a call, make a, a, a round table between you, Chris, Stefan, and others, and make this debate recorded where we have a civil debate and all with a moderator, because here I think it's not the place to, to waste our time now. We don't want to have more bullshit. Okay, sorry to be harsh, but that's what I mean. That's what I want to say, and thank you. Thanks, Patrick. So if other people uh, want to hear about this, can't they talk about it then, Patrick? Yeah, and you're welcome exactly. to turn your radio off if you don't want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. There will definitely be more proxy talk in the points that I've prepared. So if you don't want to hear proxy talk, very fair. Just uh, just disconnect them, in my opinion. Chris Martin, do you want to address maybe a few points here before I continue? I think Marco, go ahead, Marco. You had something to say. Agreeing with Patrick, at the very least, it's an overstep. Time being. To talk about this is an overstep, or how was well, at least for the time being, uh, at the very least, we can say the smart proxy is an overstep uh, to centralize around. Okay, well, fine. Um, I mean, what would have been useful? I mean, this is obviously a, a cleared, a prepared assault, Stefan, based on your it's beliefs, not, and that's, that's awesome. It's not cleared by anyone. This is just me. Not cleared. It was uh, clear. A clear assault. Oh, not cleared clear, yes. uh, as in you received approval from your boss, which I'm sure you have. But regardless of that, I, I, um, I did not. You, you, you listed so many things for this. Yeah, I did. I said clear. I, apologies for adding the D to the word clear. Um, sure, sure. ED, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, you've listed so many things. You spoke it fast. I tried to make notes as you went. Like each one of them is. Like there's, it's just it's one speculative point after another. So B1 and Helios are incentivized to unlock the vesting contract is how you started this. So why? So who, see, the thing is, does anyone in here in this room know the contract between B1 and Brock? Anybody? No, uh, if they uh, would share a second. It, then it would okay. clear up a lot of this speculation. But as it well, stands now, I'm going to speculate on the contract. So every private, every private company, every private company should declare contracts to you, Stefan, so no, you can have a clear no, understanding no, of what happened. Or are you just going to assume no. a whole bunch, paint a speculative assume, narrative around what you things. assume, and then and then attack Eden? Because all this is defending is your attack on Eden. That's what really happened, right? If we look at when the smart proxy was released. Uh, basically, on the 22nd of December, since then, 35 new members, all associated with the ENF and Helio, or sorry, ENF and EOS Nation, were entered into the Eden uh, membership and executed what seemed very clear. And there's so much good video. I encourage everyone here to watch the clips of the round one and round two rooms. There's so much gold in there about what really happened. 
And it was a coordinated attack. So why attack something that we knew had vectors in it? Like for what purpose? Just to prove a point? Or because you really truly believe that B1 and Helios are attacking the EOS network through myself. I'm some fucking evil master manipulator who's able to single-handedly attack on behalf of B1 and Helios and then Waxa, I guess, because we're the only two Helios employees now. And somehow there's some coordinated attack. It's just, it's crazy to think that, but you think it, which is fine. But anyway, to the point, no one's seen the contract between B1 and Brock. So this assumption that they want to unlock it, where does that come from? Who lost money in that deal? Did anyone lose money? Is Brock still being paid? Does B1 even give a shit? No, they were going to give it away anyway. I mean, people's memory, your memory is better than that, Stefan. When that freeze was about to happen, B1 said, look, we'll give 30 million over to the ENF. We don't care. We'll give 1 million to Pamelo, 1 million to Eden, and the other 45 was going to go to Brock. So B1 didn't want any of those tokens. The 45 to Brock... Also, you don't know, no one, I don't even know the inside of that contract and that contract, but it's not a done contract. There's clauses in there. Like this was a potentiality that was assumed. So no one's out. So this idea that there's some grand attack. And even if there was a grand attack, explain me this. How is it exactly that B1 or Helios could control the outcome of the proxy? If you look at the list of BPs in that proxy, you'll recognize almost all of them. Do you think they're going to just like all of a sudden do whatever B1 and Helios want? No, they're independent BPs. We have no ability to tell them what to do. That's never been, cl- there's nothing. Ask any of those BPs, did you, were you ever pressured that if you're going to sign up to this proxy, you got to do what B1 and Helios want? Never once has that ever come up, even once. So please explain to me, I'll give you a chance to respond now. How exactly could B1 and Helios, especially now that I'm removed from the MSIG, how do they have control over the proxy? So all of these assumptions were when you were on the MSIG, to be clear, and before the rebrand and all that. So I'm just kind of explaining what I thought, you know, at that time. Um, But the way they control it is that you can change the whitelist requirements at any time. And these block producers that are now in the top 21, if they want to stay in the top 21, suddenly there are new requirements uh, placed on them. Okay, so you think we're going to bait and switch. So that's our big attack vector that that even and also MSIGs, right? It's multiple. It's not. It's yeah, not a yeah. sig. So even I, if I was I'm one, I didn't have control. That could be a possibility. And I don't think Chris, you're necessarily evil and executing on this plan. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you know. I don't know what you don't know. You say Brock doesn't share all the things, which makes sense. Of course, he's not going to just share all his private plans and private finances or whatever. Um, but still, maybe working towards that goal uh, unknowingly. So, Brock so that's gives the answer. Just you could, you zero could, input you could switch the doing. requirements at any time. The owner keys can switch the requirements at any time. So regardless of, hey, who chooses the 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 whitelisters is the uh, some sort of Eden style election or whatever it is. Okay, but that could change at any time based on the owner keys wishes. Hey, if I could chime in here, um, covering the news for however <laughs> many years. Um, the big issue was that block producers were not incentivized to uh, build the ecosystem. And um, block one kind of proved there for a time that it wasn't building the ecosystem, it was just concerned with the tokens. And this seems to revert back to that. We had just talked earlier that uh, the ENF doesn't hold enough tokens to distribute um, an over-the-counter sort of thing. So if at the very least, it does look like it's a reversion to pre-ENF development. Um, you know, hard to argue against that.
any other comments or question at this time for my assumptions before we go on? Very happy with your assumptions. And I have the balls to say. Uh, it's not the fact that if Chris is good or if his Chris is bad. I have already speak with a lot of time with Chris. I have a lot of respect for himself as a person. But I make a distinction between the person himself and the, and the ideas and the data and the information I try to abstract. So for me, this proxy, whatever it is, how we want to call it, has nothing to do with our priority now. So we, I don't want to have noise, as we have since now, four weeks, five weeks, we speak every day on that. So I want to be focused on our shit that we have to do to strive. Yeah, just that I want we to know say. Your, we know your position. Uh, th thank you. Uh, okay, let's get into the good stuff now that the bad stuff is behind us. Um, so those were my disclaimers. I'm going to go into some more assumptions and definitions of words before I go on. I'm going to talk about what my definition is of a game, what I love about Eden right now. What is the Eden optimal strategy in my opinion? What kind of proxy I would like to see? What does a highly powerful Eden look like? Eden rules, changes in proposals that I've thought of, and an Eden wish list. Let's get into it. So. The Eden protocol to me, you know, is different than Eden on EOS and is different from the Eden operating system. You know, the Eden protocol to me would be the hard and soft coded rules that make up the process of Eden, which distributes resources to its participant. The Eden operating software is the software written to facilitate such a process. And then Eden on OS is the EOS implementation of Eden and currently the only implementation of Eden in the world that has significant resources in its treasury. All of that I'm just going to refer to as Eden in my speech and in, in the following you know points that I'm going to make. Um, I'm also going to ignore any possibility of AI generated images or speech or anything like that. We're just going to ignore that rabbit hole uh, for all of today. So. Why was I doing the things I was doing? I was doing it because I believe we must harden Eden in order for it to withstand the pressures that will be exerted on this system. First of all, what's my definition of a game? So in my opinion, you know, any environment with multiple participants trying to achieve certain goals and the likelihood of success for these participants depends on the quality of their decisions compared to the decisions of other participants. There are hard-coded rules that physically cannot be broken. There are soft-coded rules that, if broken, merit disqualification or removal from this environment or game. Unenforceable rules only advantage cheaters. That's kind of a basic core belief of mine, and that's going to be applied to all my behavior here, basically. Life itself can be considered a game. Soccer is a game. Of course, poker is a game. Eden is designed with game theory at the center of it. Therefore, to me, Eden is definitely a game. And I don't say this in, to be insulting towards Eden or towards people who believe Eden is a lot more than a game. You know, that's just kind of the way I see life and the way I see Eden. Um, every game contains, that contains decision making will have winning strategies and losing strategies. Those strategies are not chosen by the players playing the game. Those strategies are derived from the current rules of the game by app applying game theory to these rules. Um, for example, video games sometimes 
update their game and then they introduce OP or Imba characters, you know, overpowered characters or imbalanced characters. And then you need more updates to adjust the balance of these because this creates new strategies that are too powerful for the game to be fun, to be enjoyed. Um, if you change the hard or soft-coded rules of your game, you change the game itself and therefore you change the optimal strategies that must be employed to win in this new game. Viable strategies for games change drastically when played at high stakes compared to play compared to being played at low stakes. This is very evident for anyone that has played poker before. You play with your friends, there's no money on the line. You're not going to be making the same decisions as if you're playing with those same people, but suddenly there's a lot of money on the line. All right, now that we that now that we got that out of the way, here are some things that I really love about Eden. The political playoff process. I love it. It's super exciting. Um, I don't know why it was changed to the upvote election. To me, political playoff sounds a lot more engaging and fun. Uh, but anyways, that's not really relevant. The excitement of election day in all of the community. That, that's amazing. People passionately campaigning about how they want to improve EOS in the weeks leading up to the election. Absolutely amazing for a community. People being engaged on EOS. Um, longtime community fund members getting funded to work on EOS projects they love. That actually, while I was writing this out, is I realized, I think, the ultimate superpower of Eden right now. And that is to be able to elevate and reward and recognize longtime EOS community members that have contributed so much to this community. And I think, Regardless of what you all think about everything else I'm going to see, uh, say, I think we can all agree that the chief delegates that are elected every term are absolutely amazing and, and amazing people in the EOS community. And, and the Eden system is able to find those people and, and we, can celebrate the, we can celebrate them. So I think that's absolutely great. Um, you know, so yeah, Eden, Eden has proven its ability to recognize great EOS contributors. I think that's the greatest superpower of Eden right now. It's always a constant and pleasant surprise at who finishes chief delegates every single time. I'm surprised and I'm pleasantly surprised. I was watching the L2 votes coming in live on that election page. And when I saw Zach voting for Patrick for chief delegate, I literally cheered in my seat and I was super excited about the possibility of Patrick becoming chief delegate. And we were, we were watching the, the rooms and we're like, you know, had a watch party with some friends type of deal. And like, oh, this room is, is not achieving consensus. And then suddenly the whole room, achieve, the votes changed and the room achieves consensus. That's super exciting. And, and, you know, I look forward to the next Eden election for that stuff. Um, EOS community members feeling FOMO, reaching out to me at the last minute to join Eden because of what I said, because what I said resonated with them and they wanted to have to, their voice heard. So I thought actually you need to be Eden 48 hours before the election. And that's what I told everyone when I was saying, hey, get in there. You need to be in there at least 48 hours, blah, blah, blah. The last day, a lot of people reached out and were like, hey, Steph, is it too late for me to get in Eden? And I was like, actually, yeah, no, it's not too late. I was misinformed. You can get in. And so there's a lot of people that joined in the last day that, you know, they felt the FOMO. They... I gave them plenty of heads up, but still they're last minute. And then, you know, they want to FOMO into the election because they're passionate EOS community members. So all of that, I think, is, is super exciting. And, and I love Eden about, you know, for, for all of that stuff. 
All right. So what is the Eden optimal strategy, in my opinion? So what is the EOS of it all, if you will? In my opinion, Eden's ultimate goal is not building consensus. It's about winning elections in order to gain the associated rewards with winning those elections. I know that's going to be very shocking to many of you that I don't think Eden is ultimately about consensus building, but about winning elections. The rewards for winning an Eden election include resources, impact, influence, prestige, and reputation, in my opinion. We can, we can, I can kind of define what I mean real quickly. Resources, of course, you get some EOS from the Treasury to invest in whatever, advancing your election platform. You get impact. You get to impact the Eden community. You get to impact the EOS community. You're given a platform to share your ideas. You get influence kind of in the same way. You can influence a lot of things. You can influence other delegates, etc. Uh, you get prestige. Of course, I think people are proud, you know, to win uh, I need an election, kind of, you know, getting the buy-in from the community that that, that they like what you're doing, and, and you get reputation gain, of course, and there's probably a whole lot more of these rewards for winning an election that all of you think, right? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, you know, if you guys want to jump in here at any time, jump in. We don't have to wait for me to finish the whole, the whole, whole shebang. We can jump in. We can discuss each point as we go. Let, let's just do it. That's fine. The magnitude of the rewards for winning an Eden election is dependent on the Eden treasury and the EOS stake that Eden members can control. So, of course, last election, the treasury was kind of low, was not that many rewards, perceived rewards for winning the last election. Turnout was kind of low. I personally, that was the first election I missed. You know, I chose to hang out with friends and family instead of going to that election because I thought, you know, the, the rewards were too low and I had bigger rewards hanging out with my family and friends. All of a sudden, there's 500,000 more in the treasury and there's the potential that large token holders would support this Eden smart proxy. So it's obvious, it was, well, it was obvious to me, I mean, this is an assumption, but it felt obvious to me that block one is likely going to stake to this Eden smart proxy based on the things that, you know, the, the smart proxy uh, organizers were saying. So to me, not only were there significant uh, resources available, you know, through the Eden treasury for this election, but also potentially significant EOS governance power available to those who participated in one in the Eden election. So if the stakes are much higher, people are going to, put much more effort into winning an Eden election. Um, all right. Hey, well, just on that point, let's see, yeah. or, or, let's tease, let's tease out one thing. Yeah. Um, how does the winners, the gel delegates and chief delegates of this current election, how does that change anything about smart proxy? If that's some sort of attack vector by B1 and Helios, explain to me what changes. No, I'm just saying it's high stakes because these these elected delegates may get to control. Let's just let's just put some random numbers out there. Let's give uh, they Helios. But they don't right now. You're not answering the question. You're talking no, about future right state. You're, you're future right. elections, maybe. But what about this election, this actual election? What difference does it make? Well, no, they don't. The answer right the is not. The answer the, makes the, no difference. Well, Chris Barnes, it, 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 they don't right now. But 
Block one may choose to stake 80 million votes or whatever at any point to the EOS smart proxy that is controlled by Eden members. That may happen. But how, before how is it controlled by Eden members? How is it controlled by Eden members? Exactly. Okay. So let's say they stake. I'm not today, saying it's right controlled. Now. I'm not, Chris, I'm not saying it's controlled, but I'm saying the stakes are high because the Eden members that are elected will have high uh, influence over 80 million stake. How? How will they have that? Explain to me how that changes. Tell me. Well, because Block One is going to stake to the, e the EOS Smart Proxy. The EOS Smart Proxy yeah. is going to allow Eden members to vote on certain BPs to see which of these yeah. BPs get the 80 million stake. Right. How many BPs are on the list right now? I don't know. Well, you should know your own work. It's it 21. Matter. It does matter. It doesn't matter. You sure it doesn't matter? Why doesn't it matter? Because you can vote for up to 30 BPs. Then the voting doesn't matter, right? I agree. So your point is actually kind of irrelevant, is my point. I agree. I agree. But, but <laughs> you these agree things, it's irrelevant. how oh. many BPs on the whitelist, how much stake to the proxy, those things could change between now and the next election, right? And if, and if that does change, then suddenly turns out that the prior election was really high stakes because now Eden members have influence over 80 million of stake. That's what I'm saying. To me, I felt like, oh my God, this may happen in the next term. So this election may be very important. Maybe not. Maybe that's not true. Maybe that's a false assumption on my part. That's very possible. And, and we're going to find out, I guess, in the next three months, if there is actually significant stake allocated to a proxy that, they'll, you know, that, that allows even members to choose, to choose the, 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 the BPs that votes for. You just seem to be defending a lot of your decision-making based on this imminent threat theory. Yes. And it, yes. but now you're, realizing you're, you're admitting that there is no imminent threat. There's just a, a, possibility, a possibility of threat. So therefore you must, yeah. okay, yeah. there's a possibility. Exactly. And that, and that, then that manifests in the form of anyone now can rank the BPs that are on the whitelist that are controlled by this private group that are all have nefarious means and trying to take over the chain. But even in light of that, we're going to let in more than 30 BPs now. And that's, what's really important because then those on this Eden community now can vote, which of those BPs in the list actually receive the vote or not. That's what you defended against. That's what all this was about. Just, am I, am I, am I getting it? Is that basically it? Yes. Shouldn't the goal be to encourage the community to um, select their own 21? Yes. <laughs> Any proxy can do whatever it likes, of course. This proxy is electing or suggesting to use this community to help curate it and run it. Uh, but that's being made ever more unrealistic. See, what I take from all this is um, a gratitude to the attackers of Eden, because that's also what happened here. There's a perceived attack and a potential threat from B1 and Helios, the boogeyman in the room, who, when you really look at it, have zero control over this. So it's a totally straw man argument. But the real attack that did take place that we witnessed was on Eden itself. That actually took place. It's seen in the videos. Stefan, the, the, Jen in your room, her exact words were, she was your proxy. That is equivalent to a civil attack, even though it's not technically that, it basically is that because she was only going to vote in line with what you told her to. I'm guessing if she didn't end up in your room, go figure, you would have just PM'd her in Telegram, saw who she was in a room with and told her who to vote. So, I mean, that's that's blatantly cheating. And it, as long as you, I guess you're owning up to that and you're proud of it for some reason as well. But I mean, that, it is defying the rules of Eden, trying not, to break not it only, successfully. Not only am I owning up to it and I'm going to share everything I did, not only am I proud of it, I think I'm actually one of the most valuable players in the last Eden ex cycle because of the things I've done, because of the attention that now is being brought to these flaws in Eden as it exists currently, 
which are flaws that I think if the Eden elections become very high stakes, these flaws are going to crack the system completely open. And I don't want Eden to fall apart. I don't want the EOS community to destroy itself from the inside. If all of a sudden the Eden members are controlling, let's say, 130 million votes of EOS, right? If that happens, I don't think the Eden, Eden as it currently stands, is able to withstand such pressure. pressure. Yeah. Well, it's too bad. I mean, it's too bad you didn't recognize the threat and actually just try to fix it without explicitly attacking it. Because there's two ways you can do it. You can be a white hat, you can notice a problem and then work with the team and all those involved to try to fix it so it doesn't happen. Or you just attack it and cause stalemates, cause people in your room to not move forward, waste the time. Like you had people who could have moved forward in your round, you stalemated it. There's some other rooms that were stalemated. There's other individuals who didn't get funded that could have based on this attack. So you've also hurt other people who could have benefited from the funding to for the benefit of this community. Instead, you just proved your point, which you didn't have to do. I actually, I actually had a, um, uh, a Stefan proxy in my room and made that argument that he's not here. So I believe um, I count you as half a person. Sort of, but at the same time, I knew his record, and I was happy with the explanation. And the person stepped aside uh, because once he heard what I had to say, it was in line with Stephane's interests. Now, perfect, no, but recognizable, and definitely, yeah, definitely a, um, a threat area. But at the same time, the proxy was done responsibly and open about it. It didn't hide who he was uh, proxying for. And I think that's part of the issue. I think. Part of the subversion is that there are other people out there supposedly working for another entity that are hiding that. So I was under the impression that proxies are allowed in Eden. You know, when Eden started, I think that's one of the features is like, hey, you can run for election on your platform or you can run for election on someone else's platform. So to me, having what I call friend proxies in the election was totally fine. I had four friend proxies. That's different than telling someone how to vote. That's different than telling someone how to vote. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I had four friend proxies in the election. I explained to them the situation of EOS, the situation of Eden, as I I understood it. I explained why I thought it was super important uh, to get more people in this election, to to, uh, promote my vision and mission in Eden. And there are no minimum requirements of knowledge about EOS or Eden required to enter the Eden system. Is that correct? Probably not. Are there more restrictions that should be placed? Probably yes, but there there weren't at the time. And the thing is, is that, you know, in this election, there was one issue that was much more important than all of the rest, right? The Eden smart proxy, the 1% inflation. That was kind of the most important issue this election, in my opinion. And there was clearly two sides to that issue. Some people support it, some people were against it. Um, so when I was thinking about all this, I was like, oh my God, what if the people supporting this proxy are right now actively getting a ton of people into this election? If I don't do the same thing, we're going to lose. So because that possibility exists, because that strategy is available to people, if I didn't do it and then the opposing side did it, we lost automatically. So, so I felt the need to do as, as much as I could to get as many people aligned with my vision and, and mission for Eden into this election. And, and I don't think I did anything wrong by doing that. And I don't think having a friend proxy and being like, hey, here, are the, here is the situation. 
people who who work for Helios or for or support the Helios, I think should be blocked. Um, and if you if you want to have my opinion on various members in your room, very happy to share my opposition research that I've been doing over the past months. Was I compiling a list of people and their opinions on the proxy? Over the last uh, month, as we were having all of these discussions in Telegram, absolutely I was because I wanted to have research material available to me when I'm in a room with someone. Hey, w- what have these people been saying over the last few weeks? Um, you know, and, and I don't, and I don't hate people that don't have the same vision or mission as me. I don't think they're lesser people, anything like that. I fully respect everyone's opinion. Everyone has different opinions. That's great. Um, but I, I want to be prepared. I'm doing research. I'm compiling data. I'm preparing myself for this election, you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if the stakes are high enough, everyone will be doing this because those who do are going to be more prepared and have higher chance of winning than those who don't. Therefore, everyone needs to do this. And that's kind of the point of me sharing this today is I want to elevate everyone's even game. Hey, here's the strategy that I thought of and I thought, of, you know, I executed whatever. Here's what I was doing. Now everyone knows about this strategy. Great. The, the, the playing field is level. We're now all playing Eden at a higher level. Let's see what new strategies emerge. Because if I don't share this information, I keep it for myself. I'm likely going to continue having an advantage in Eden in the coming elections until these strategies are kind of obvious and everyone knows them. Well, at that point, the, the strategies that are that win when most of Eden are not thinking on this strategic level are going to be different than the strategies required when everyone is thinking on this same level. So that's part of why I'm doing this Eden Strategy Masterclass today to share kind of my thoughts on Eden Strategy, how I, how I see the game being played, how I think the game should be played. So if, if I well, show up... Uh, Yeah, go ahead, Perry. No, I've already spoken. Go ahead, Ore, please. Yeah, the issue of uh, considering considering Eden as a game and uh, self-appointing the role of elevating the uh, strategy uh, of Machiavellism in Eden uh, will be all right if the same person... uh, belonging to EOS Nation didn't have the exact opposite uh, uh, position when dealing with Pomelo, for example. There were a lot of people uh, last season in Pomelo that were unqualified because they also invited friends to donate to their Pomelo. They, they were, those were friends that didn't know much about uh, the EOS ecosystem, but still they uh, friends that made their donation. And those people were unqualified. And they were unqualified by EOS Nation uh, and by the Pomelo team, which, as far as I know, you are part of. So I'm calling here your hypocrisy of taking one position uh, in Eden and taking the exact opposite position regarding Pomelo. And the one thing that concerns me here is that you are part of the people that is, at this moment, deciding who is going to be accepted as a grant uh, applicate, uh, well, receiver for Pomelo, and who is not going to be part of that. Uh, and really, here, with all my tranquility and in front of everyone, I call your hypocrisy of taking yourself the, the role of 
self-appointing as if you were some kind of superior soul, the uh, role of elevating the unscrupulousness of the Eden election game. Um, fair enough. I respect your, your opinion. I'm not part of the team that decides if a Pomelo public good is a public good or not. I'm not part of the team that analyzes the cyber defense, but I understand that I am part of the team. I'm out there marketing, promoting, hosting pitch sessions, etc. So that that's fair. Um, I'm not going to go into, you know, Pomelo topics right now, other than saying the Pomelo team does the best. It, I believe that the Pomelo team tries as best they can to prevent cyber attacks on Pomelo. I'll, Okay, so I'm just going to leave that there. Um, in On Eden, the things that I did are not specifically prohibited in the rules of Eden, unlike some of these attacks going on on Pomelo are specifically explicitly pro prohibited in the rules. So if some of the behaviors that I exhibited in this election uh, are not welcomed by the majority of the Eden community, very possible, let's codify that in the Eden bylaws. Let's have explicit rules for inductions. Let's... Let's write it out very explicitly so that the next time someone does something like I did, that it can be clearly, yes, this is allowed or no, this is not allowed. Because if you have unenforceable rules or if you have unwritten rules that you hope everyone will follow, that works when the system is small and when the stakes are low. But I want to know what's going to happen to Eden when the stakes are extremely high. And when the stakes are extremely high, these unwritten rules are not going to be followed by all players. And so I think we need much more explicit rules, you know, that's going to allow or prohibit all sorts of all sorts of behaviors. You could have made that happen, Stefan, by being a contributing Eden member and making that happen without actually breaking it. And th that's the part that I think is kind of unexcusable. You've gone out of your way to attack something. You've wasted a bunch of time, a bunch of other people. You could have just been collaborative and made the suggestions to add the rules to fix this attack that you clearly saw possible. Instead, you and others chose to attack it explicitly. And that's, I, didn't I think, unexcusable. I, I didn't have, you didn't have the, time. the time to chat. Okay. I didn't have the time to convince the current Helios chief delegates to change the rules of the game before the next election. I had. Did you try? Did you ever reach out to us? Because we're not the only ones on it. There's other people no, on agree. that I chief agree. delegate. It, it wasn't I'm just not me and Waxa. It would have been impossible. It's. It, it could have been possible. That could have been a way. I did not choose that way, and and, and I fully take full responsibility for that. Um, so yeah. a clarification. For clarification, what was the timeline on the 500,000 EOS and the um, smart proxy being announced? A couple of days. 500,000 EOS came on December 7th. The smart proxy was talked about well in advance of that, but really was announced, I think, around the 20th or 22nd of December is when the light paper came out. Thanks. Can I, can I butt in here? There's no hand raise on Discord. Yes, yes. Get in there, Julie. Hey. So I feel like this will be a valuable thing to extend maybe to another scheduled time. Maybe, um, are you still doing on the 18th, the earlier fireside chat? No, so that's something I wanted to mention earlier. So that idea has been scrapped. I don't think it works for the majority of the community. 
We're going to keep these firesides at this time. Okay. We we do want to make this content more available to uh, other like uh, other communities. So we are working on ways uh, of making that happen, but we're, we're not going to change. We're not going to fuck with the times. Yeah. I, I think it works for a majority of people. So we're going to stick with right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I only brought that up because um, all these debates, because of the time, um, the person that actually came up with the idea over a year ago um what is never available because he's in seoul korea right and and so he's probably maybe about to wake up but that's han and everybody that was um part of his eden election where he became a chief delegate they they heard about his idea maybe for the first time at in that that last election i don't know if that was one or two elections ago but it was that was some time ago and and he had even come up with the idea a long time ago, as you noted. Um, I forget what it was called, the voter proxy. You you uh, coined the term right, whatever it initially was. My but that was, was yeah uh, yeah. But that was like the original concept was just, and I don't necessarily agree with some of the things even that persist with the concept today. Was as you noted, he he wants to get rid of. Uh, or expose vote trading um, and not remove voter rewards. The, but the, the primary thing is, is he's never available to talk and stick up for his idea. It's not, it wasn't Chris, Chris Barnes or Helios or Block One's idea. And I only, and I'm not fighting for it or not fighting for it, but it's just, he's never here to talk about his his yeah, baby that sucks. So, which is unfortunate that sucks. yeah so so everyone in the western community is like ah oh, this chris barnes eden smart proxy you know somehow attack on eos but it's it, it was actually the idea was handed in the direction of eden because people were were critiquing the original idea which was oh this is han's idea to somehow get his um standby producer into a 21 position and paid better and so he said okay well i'll how do we diversify that let's what other options do we have and so he started looking at eden and then he thought well if we can if eden grows then maybe that's the way to hand over management of the proxy and so those are kind of the really the origins of of the smart proxy and i i think it's really unfortunate almost a disservice to his effort on the on the whole plan uh, because he's never available for these fireside chats. But I, maybe next and time in the chat, you know, I disagree with many of Han's ideas over the right. years. I respect him as a person. I think he has honorable intentions. You know, I really think Han is doing the best he can to bring the most value he can to the EOS community. I respect him for that. I think it's misguided in some places. I think he's wrong in some places. But, you know, I don't think, you know, he's uh, he's evil, but maybe he was lured in by Helios and Block One's massive stake in order to collaborate <laughs> with them, in order to advance his agenda, you know, not, um, not through malicious, not, not for malicious reasons, yeah. but just because he sees this as a, a way to gain more stake behind his vision. Right. Yeah. Uh, valid. Um, good speculation there's it's that's a fair point i i think for the sake of everyone on the call that's wanting to do anything but talk about this maybe next time uh next wednesday if i'm in town i'd i'd love to 
try and fill in some of the gaps because I have a, a pretty solid view about everything um, going on behind this, mainly because my only, my only personal directive for years, if anyone has seen my name, um, is, is sock puppets. I don't particularly care about, about vote trading. I do wish it were more public so people didn't have to send money to a private account on an exchange to participate. But, but I would love on-chain mechanisms for that. I'd love a, a public vote exchange. That'd be awesome, you know. Uh, but anyways, perhaps next time we can schedule a, a time where I can say, here's, here's what's going on, and I'll, I don't have any personal qualms. It's part of why my pseudonym is why I stick with it and why I'm so rigid as far as it, it does allow me to kind of speak freely and openly. Um, and so I, I'd love to give my perspective on it next time. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime uh, you want to come on Fireside, you want us to block off some time for, for you to share your thoughts. Absolutely. Anytime you've been one of the top contributors in EOS since the very start. And, and I learn something every time uh, you speak. So definitely all for that. To give, to give a, a heads up or a TLDR, I don't have any personal stake in its success or failure. So I if it fails or if it goes nowhere, it does not impact me whatsoever. And I, I keep doing what I'm doing every day. So and it's to give a bit of context for people. I don't, I don't think you mentioned it, but uh, Chris Barnes was uh, removed himself from the owner permission of that uh, EOSmart proxy. And he was replaced by Joe Louie in case some of you uh, weren't aware and didn't read thousands of messages over the <laughs> on this topic. Correct. So anyways, and I think that was great. And when I saw that, my trust in that proxy, you know, increased for sure. It, for sure. It, another, another tidbit before I, I shut up is it, it doesn't need to impact inflation. It doesn't need to have system rewards or any hard things coded in contracts anywhere, anywhere in the near term. I mean, obviously, I think Aaron and all the debates in Telegram have, have pointed out quite clearly and... Honestly, I was going to come in and, and congratulate you. I, I take a different perspective and say Eden needed to get attacked in the open. Um, Nathan outlined this. I was hoping he was available, but I don't want him to step away from his, his child. Nathan outlined this exact play a month before the election. And, it, and so it is, it is something that needed to occur. And I think the fact that it did happen in a live election, it makes him... Uh, it all the more poignant that we need to evolve it and it it needs a lot of time and growth and evaluation and it, and it wasn't performed by someone with malicious intent against eden right it was performed by someone who's been in the community for a long time you know and, and hopefully you guys recognize that that my intent was not malicious and that my intent was to strengthen eden actually it was not to attack to weaken it it was actually to strengthen it so Nathan right. is the Nathan Nathan is the Klaus Schwab of EOS. Is what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, all right. Let's keep going with some of my other points. So, when in an Eden what, what, election, stuff, stuff, stuff. We need. I need to break the ice here and share something. It's from the members group of Eden. 
and I thought it was hilarious, and I got to run to get to dinner soon, so I want to drop it. Luca said, Luca Perrick, by the way, I am most jelly that Steph's friends care enough to join Eden and support him. And Aaron from Greymass just replied that his own team at Greymass wouldn't even join Eden for an election to support him. So props to you, if you however you were able to get your friends to do this. Um, congratulations on that. Um, but I have no other comments on the rest of it. I need to go. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks. Thanks, Zach. Um, yeah, I pleaded with them and I, and I tried to make it, make them understand how important I thought this was. And, you know, I guess I've brought enough value to them in their life previously that they felt, uh, okay to invest, you know, a couple hours uh, for me, uh, for this, uh, election and for Eden, these people, who knew nothing about Eden invested their time in order to help me strengthen Eden. So, so they're, they're, wow. they're heroes in my, in wow. my opinion. Wow. Did you just mind say blowing. that? Mind blowing, isn't it, Perry? You're learning so much today. Your mind is blown. I love I it. Feel like, I feel like I'm on Twitter files. That would have been a great name for this, the Eden Files. Yes. Eden Optimal Strategy maybe was not the greatest branding. I think Eden Files would have been better. All right, back, back to the Eden Optimal Strategy or the EOS of it all, if you wish. So when there's an Eden election that has one issue that is much more important than the rest, the best strategy to promote your mission and vision on the issue is not to have great consensus building skills. I'm sorry, guys, but that's not what determines the outcome. What determines the outcome is if you outnumber your competitors. So I'm, I've had random math, but it's easy to see that if there's a side that has four times more people showing up to the election, right? And when we're in rooms of five, then clearly that side is going to potentially sweep the election, which makes sense in my opinion. If there's 80% of an electorate that believes a certain thing, that view should come out as a winner in, in that election. So that's not, that's not bad. That's just basic game theory of Eden is that number one, it's a numbers game. Get as many people that agree with your vision and mission into the game as possible. That's what gives you the best chances of win. If both sides are equal, however, then the only thing that matters is consensus building. And that's when Eden really, really shines and the magic of Eden can be experienced. If there's even representation on a bunch of issues, then it's really, okay, who are the best consensus builders in that room? And then that's the only thing that matters. But if there's more electors that show up on one side or another, that's the more important uh, thing, right? So kind of eat in first principles. Hey, Stefan, just something on that. I think you're 100% accurate in this statement. And I think this is something that for those of us who have been around from the very beginning of the origin of Eden, there was this idea of inviting people you trusted, for example. And there was this, it was arguably a very high bar, like someone you trust with the keys to your wallet, which is insane. Or then I heard another joking one was like people you'd let babysit your kids. I mean, that's a high bar, right? That's hard. And the, and the other, I think part of why that bar was set so high was this idea of having a culture and enculturating something that the community is really striving towards. It's like a, a deliberate community of, of aligned intention. 
And what you're talking about is the opposite. You're talking, and it's fine because it's not, the rules don't define this aligned intention to the point we've heard from many people that the vision and the mission of Eden is too loose. We don't even know what the hell we're doing. So it's totally accurate. So I think that's, I think a key thing we were learning from this is that if communities like this are to be formed, they need to be far more deliberate about what they're here to do and why people join and why, why they're there to participate versus your point here that you just flood it with as many people who will agree with you as you can, whether you pay them from some Fiverr contracting, pay them all five bucks to show up and flood it with a hundred people or 500 people or whatever. That's part of the rules and it's all fair game. And I, I think that's an interesting outcome to see that. So another point on that, right? I don't know exactly how the, the, the permission structure works for Eden and the treasury or whatever, but from some discussions I've seen is like, I think the Eden chief delegates have full access to the entire treasury. Basically they're the owner keys of that treasury. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Maybe active, someone can chime active in. key. Yeah. They have the active key. So they could just, haha, got you guys take all the money game over. Right? Yes. Yes. That's right. Okay. So there was $500,000 on the line for this election. There was a hundred, what? 25 people who showed up. If someone got 300 people in here, you know, and kind of just flooded the system, the system had no way of stopping that before the election. They would have won all the seats and they could have just taken all the money and ran. How much does it cost you to get 300 people into the system? Let's say you pay them, what, 100 bucks each? That's 300,000. So you invest $300,000, you overtake Eden, and you win $500,000 from it. Game over, the Eden's one- done, treasury drain, attacker wins $200,000. It's, it, there's, there's, one defense. There's, there's one defense though. I'll just add the one defense and that is the active keys currently are not automatically transferred to the next set of chief okay. delegates. Okay. It's a manual okay. process. So if it was okay. a clear attack like that, then there's a good chance that hopefully the current CDs are somewhat real and valid and they won't hand it over. So, okay. So the keys do need to, so the current CDs need Hand to off. voluntarily give up their power. Yeah. There's a handoff. Correct. Manual. I think, I think. That's better than an automatic system that could just be game over, like you know, like I just said. Um, okay, cool. If I can chime in real quick, um, I think what the uh, the coordination of the level ones and um, like efforts, like I, I was thinking of a sponsored productivity meetings, um, but for all Eden members, getting more people involved um, outside of the election to show them that there's tangible uh, reasons for being here. The uh, SPTs and whatnot will make it a lot more costly to try and um, uh, overtake the system in the way you described. And it could be valued that whatever the treasury is, um, that's how much we're going to extend the value of even members. Make sense? Not sure I followed 100%. I got distracted by some chat. Um, one of, one of my points, actually, uh, that I'm, I was going to address later, but might as well jump into it now, is that the cost to enter Eden is crazy low right now, right? It's like three bucks, okay? The prize pool available in election, $450,000. So it, for this past election, the treasury divided by entry fee ratio was 150000 absolutely insane and that should never be the case again so i think that the entry fee needs to be uh variable 
and it needs to be based on how much treasury is currently available. So as the treasury goes down, the entry fee goes down. As it goes up, the entry fee goes up. So I don't know exactly how much. I don't know exactly what that treasury to membership ratio needs to be. But I think that's something that needs to be addressed uh, you know, as soon as possible. I was taking more of a carrot approach where um, existing members uh, find it more valuable um, to have their independence. I, it's a more complicated solution, but um, it's something to think about. Uh, just being a member gives you enough rewards that you wouldn't want to uh, sell it or sell your vote. Well, I, I, I need to say that the idea of, of an ambush crossed my mind uh, as a possible... I'm sorry, <laughs> should I continue? I mean, um, it, it's... Probably an, an evolving process. Oh, definitely an evolving we'll process. We'll speak later on. Okay. I'm not sure what's going on there, but let me move on to my next point. So, when the cost is low to join Eden, when that ratio is extremely high, it's, it's a great strategy to get as many people as you can in while that cost is low. And then once you have a lot of people in, you want to increase the cost of, of joining. You want to increase friction as much as possible to make it harder for new players to join after you've gotten a lot of people in, you know, when the cost was low, which is admittedly exactly what I'm proposing, what I did and what I'm proposing. Not because I'm malicious, just because this is the obvious Eden optimal strategy that flows from the rules that have been established. I think you're making complete sense and in, in the sense that yes, it, it is attackable. And so I asked myself, why didn't I attack it that way? And the answer I give to myself is because it's wrong. It's, it's not right. It's not what I agreed to do to the people that I joined this group from. And the fact, hang on, and the fact that it came from the ENF, the people who, who currently hold the power and are responsible for our trust, hold our trust, it came from them, I think it's, a, it's an actually indictment of the ENF. And those people, you say you did it independently, but apparently not. Apparently Nathan was involved. So this is actually uh, oh. an attack of, the, uh, of representing no. centralization. No, I, I disagree with that, that. I'm not sure why you're making that inference. That has nothing to do with ENF, and I'm not sure why you're even bringing Nathan into the mix. Because people like to speculate on all sorts of things that maybe aren't truthful. It sucks, right? Or that's, that's okay. I didn't bring up Nathan. Somebody else... Uh, no, no, I, I could speak to it. So I, I myself, Nathan James and Brandon Lovejoy inducted Jen. Uh, I was pretty open about the fact that I was doing uh, Eden inductions during the um, hours of this fireside chat during the Christmas holidays because we weren't doing them. So Steph asked if we could induct his friend. I didn't see an issue with that. If any of you guys would have messaged me and said, my friend wants to join Eden, I can't do the induction. Could you induct them? I would have said yes. So, and I, I'm the one that pointed that out to everyone about the inductors because I think Chris 
inducted someone and was getting shit for it. And I just pointed out that, hey, like me, Nathan and Brandon inducted this other person that everyone's kind of up in arms about. I understand. So how, uh, that's where it's coming from. I understand how Jen is became a, a celebrity. Uh, she really appreciated the message that Edgar posted the next day. She was kind of worried at the reaction, seeing all the chatter in the Eden community uh, after, you know, the election. Uh, but that message from Edgar, you know, really reassured her. And, and, and so that was really nice. So definitely want to uh, thank Edgar for that. Um, also, if we could not dox my other friend proxies by sharing their names all over, I'd appreciate it. I understand not against the rules and the videos are out there or will soon be out there for those that are missing and everyone can go see what their names of my friend proxies were. I just don't think it brings really benefit to anyone. And if we're going to, you know, start trying to dox people in real life based on their Eden names, then that's not really welcoming to new people. For example, Wreck Kid, I think, uh, had some people trying to find out his real name or whatever. I didn't follow that whole drama, but I just think that that's a bad strategy if we want to, you know, get more, more people into Eden. At the very minimum, we, we need a, an infiltrators list based on their EOS account. That's the very minimum. You can, you can go out and do that research and compile those EOS account names. Absolutely. Everything's on the blockchain. Everything's I, I thought this, this experiment was for the benefit of the community. If it was, and if, and if it was not an attack, then that list should be forthcoming. All right, I respect your opinion. In terms of this, just the idea, because I know some have said it's not an attack, like it's so language can be what it means and to each their own. Uh, one thing that's interesting, and I encourage everyone here to take the time to do it, uh, throw on some headphones and just listen, you don't have to watch, but listen to all of the different rooms. I think it's really illuminating to hear how certain people, I was uh, quite a few people who said, I'm new, I have nothing here, but I have one election question and it's about the proxy. <laughs> so it, the idea that all these disparate individuals just came into it with the same core concern is, uh, I mean, it sounds coordinated. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. They just all watch the same stuff and whatever. But I onboarded, uh, the videos I, are awesome. The videos are awesome. I onboarded a ton of EOS community members, people that I consider friends I've never met in real life. I don't know their real names. I've seen them in the chat. We've private messaged together. We've talked. We've worked on projects, etc. I onboarded a ton of these EOS community members. They were they you know were aligned with my mission and vision and they wanted to make their voice heard because they also fundamentally disagreed with a whitelisted inflation receiving proxy and they thought that that issue that issue was what made them take the trouble of doxing themselves so to speak and, and joining Eden to place their votes um, it was coordinated as in because it was a response from many different EOS community members to the Eden Smart Proxy proposal. So it's more of a response than, than coordinated, although, I mean, I was out there campaigning. I didn't, none of this should be a surprise. I was very vocal and open, you know, uh, that uh, about the things that I'm sharing today, you know, in the weeks leading up to the election. So doing opposition research, 100% expected. Compiling spreadsheets of electorates and noting down positions, 100% expected. Group chats watching and discussing the election in progress, 100% expected. PMs between electors in the same rooms and in different rooms, 
coordinating on various, sharing their research 100% to be expected. If you expect people not to do these things within the framework of Eden right now, you will be disappointed every single election because as the rules stand, as the system is built, it is obvious that this is the behavior that uh, the system will be trending towards. All right. My biggest, my biggest takeaway is that I think you're making the case for Dan Larimer and Fractally. And I, and I deeply thank you for that. That is, that is actually huge. That's what you've done. You're welcome, Perry. All right. Nothing, nothing to do with that. But. Final piece of strategy. Now, this may be even more controversial than everything I've said so far. Should probably come with a trigger warning for blockchain enthusiasts. But for my friend proxies, at least one of those transactions that is required to either create an account in Eden or to vote in the election, I was the one that clicked the button not them. I had their full approval to click that button. They asked me to help them through that process that has a lot of friction. And for at least one of those transactions, I was the one that clicked the button. So in my opinion, if it's one transaction or all the transactions, it's actually the same. Is this something that is allowed or is this something that is not allowed? So I know a lot of you are going to have very strong opinions on this and all, all the rest of the things that I've just said. So what I'm going to propose is I'm going to start a claim to remove myself from the Eden community. So you need to put up a bounty. I'm going to put up the bounty. You need to put the defender needs to put up a bounty. I'm going to put up that bounty as well. And we're going to have five randomly chosen layer one delegates that can make a judgment call on if my actions were malicious or not, or if they want to see me removed from the community for violating what they believe is the Eden community. I'm going to go even one step further and say that I'm not only going to do this this election, but I'm going to do it after the next election as well. So if you're outraged by everything that I've said, I encourage you, get as many people as possible into the election, win a bunch of delegates, and tell them, if you can ban Stefan from Eden, you ban him from Eden. And, and, uh, and that is totally fair. That's totally within the rules of the game. And we get to test out the uh, remove member claim process at the same time. So throwing that out there, I'll let, you know, the layer one delegates decide my faith. And to be clear, I love the Eden game. It mixes human behavioral, you know, it mixes psychology, behavioral economics, EOS community, blockchain stuff, block one, Helios, EOS community members, fuck it, it strategy, it mashes so many of the things that I'm super interested in. And I think I'm a great competitor in the game of Eden. I want, I hope I get to continue to compete in the game of Eden. I think I can bring a lot of value to Eden by competing as hard as I can with my extremely strategy focused brain that I cannot turn off even if I wanted to. Um, but if, if, if the, you know, the community feels that this is wrong, what I did was wrong, then I will give them an opportunity to remove me from the system and I will uh, respect uh, that decision and, and no hard feelings, no hard feelings. you know, to anyone that votes to, 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 uh, get me out of the system because I understand Let me... a lot of these things goes against 
what you guys think Eden is all about. I have a different vision for what I think Eden is all about. And, and you know, that, that, I think that's, that's fine. Just so you know, Stefan, because your brain's always thinking strategy, you can just re-enter once you get kicked out. So there's no rule that says once you're removed, you can't just join right back the next day. So uh, there you go. Go ahead and try it and just come right back. Great. Uh, by the way, I think it's totally stupid. And sorry to say, uh, it's not about, uh, say, stupid uh, against you, uh, nothing about that, but I speak about the process. When you leave a community, you leave this community. You don't go back again and be inducted. Sorry, because it's all it's about... Rules, it's, it's all about... Com I say... So. Let me speak. I say what I think. I mean, when you are committed to do something, you go until the end. And if you cannot afford... You leave, but you don't come back. Sorry, that's my opinion. Because we're just we're, we're strict to rules, right? Rules say that you there's nothing saying that once you've been kicked out, you can't come back. It's not there. So I should, think you can. It should, be in, it should be in the rules then. But I'm going to make this pledge right now that if I do get kicked out this election or next, I will not come back uh, after. And uh, yeah, that's, that, that's fine by me. All right. Just a couple more things on my on my list here what kind of proxy would i like to see so i'm going i'd like to see what i will call the true eden proxy which has no unverifiable and unenforceable whitelist where eden elect members are able to vote for any bps they want um, according to the process that the Eden Smart Proxy suggested, you know, only people who show up to elections can vote. People who get elected get more voting weight. I think that's fantastic. I just don't agree with limiting the choice of Eden members to a, a, a whitelist. Now, I understand that if uh, the EOS Smart Proxy wants to implement a whitelist on their proxy, that's totally fine. Every proxy has a different vision. Every proxy has a whitelist so to speak, whether it's public, uh, private, or whatever, and that's totally fine. And there's nothing stopping uh, Helios, Block One, Bloomer, whoever else to accumulate, let's say, 150 million EOS in stake, stake it to the EOS Smart Proxy, and the EOS Smart Proxy allowing Eden members to vote on those BPs. There's nothing we can do to stop that. By the next election, that might be what's going on. Is that likely? I don't think so, but it's a possibility, right? So whether we want to or not, the next election may be extremely high stakes. It could be, maybe not, but there's, we can't really choose to, to refuse that. We can't refuse for uh, you know someone to build such a proxy and allow our members to vote. And if our members are able to control 150 million EOS in stake, you can be damn sure that everyone's going to go on that portal and, and vote for the BPs that they want, right? So that brings me to another point, actually, is that if Eden is highly successful, attracts huge stake, you know, through uh, whatever proxy, then, um, you know, there's going to be significant pressure on Eden members to sell those votes to block producers in exchange for voter rewards. So if you're an elected delegate, you've got good influence on 150 million EOS in stake or whatever, you can be damn sure that BPs are going to be reaching out to you, asking you to vote for them. And how would Eden stop, you know, backdoor deals or voter rewards to be distributed in that way? 
I don't have a good answer for that, actually, unfortunately. Uh, but I think it's something that we need to, to consider and to take into consideration. Yeah. Just to throw out the solution that the smart proxy came up with for that, uh, the idea is that inflation that BPs receive, that is what is not going to be hopefully used to buy votes because that is where the greatest scrutiny and level of inspection will take place. So the whitelisters will be presenting all the data from the BPs to demonstrate that they're using their received inflation in a way that benefits the network. So they could still buy votes in the back door with other funds. They've got a bank account. They can use that money. We can never stop that. But what we were attempting to do and will continue to attempt to do is demonstrate that BPs are using their inflation pay for the benefit of the ecosystem. Okay, so so you would have no problems then with uh, even delegate selling their votes because really they can only vote for that whitelisted list of BPs who are all you know, equally good or, or whatever. So it's not actually a problem to for delegates. To it, sell it's a problem that they that get way. caught. It is part of the pledge. So the pledge a BP makes and, you know, scouts honor, you know, two fingers mm-hmm. in the air, hand over the heart, mm-hmm. that they won't mm-hmm. buy votes. So if they do, in fact, are bribing delegates or chief delegates to give them a higher ranking in the proxy and it gets found out, well, then they get removed. So it's a, it's right, a game right, of cat and right, mouse right, and they get to yeah. play the game if they want. So the delegates wouldn't be doing anything wrong, but the BPs would... And you would hope that the delegates would report this if they get such an offer. So it'd actually be kind of very dangerous for a block producer to reach out to a delegate with that kind of offer. All right, not bad. Not that's bad. that's the idea. Yeah, exactly. So they could take a risk and reach out. And if they, they get a delegate who's got high integrity, then uh, they'd rat them out and they'd be off the list. So it's a game of risk reward on that. Um, but as we and see, the you can invite anybody would analyze if that screenshot is legit or if it's photoshopped or if that communication is no. real or fake or whatever the whitelisters see this is where I, I really there's so much misinformation and misunderstanding not misinformation misunderstanding the whitelisters have no authority other than to really their main purpose is to gather the information from the block producers and present it to everyone else to review everyone else becomes the auditor the whitelisters don't have that power the only sensitive power they have and this has come up numerous times is the whitelisters who are appointed by the eden chief delegates not actually delegates themselves uh, they can't add and remove BPs from the whitelist. That's an attack vector. However, there's really good e- ways to c- circumvent that attack vector by simply putting time limits or gates or other and give the owner keys to the top 21 in case there's an attack. So the whitelisters really have very little ability to capture and control the proxy, nor do they have the ability to just unilaterally say, hey, you're a lying BP, we're kicking you. It's no, here's the information we've received. Everyone in the community can look at it. We make a communal decision, ideally from this collective group of Eden communities that are all aligned in a particular vision and purpose, which it's clear to me this current Eden is likely not going to be the one Eden that even has anything to do with this proxy. That's the irony of all this. Like all of this in my mind is being someone involved with the proxy. The current Genesis Eden is not the one that's going to have this ability. I think we need to create other Edens that are more purpose-built to care about governance and care about block producers, not in Eden where you can pay people on Fiverr to join or ask all your friends to control their wallet for them to participate in an election. And then you control multiple members who all vote for BPs. It's just too easy. This one's obviously too flawed. If it can be fixed, great, but I don't see it happening. All right, so on that note, here's some changes to the rules that I think would harden the system. So the way that we join an election, I think is not conducive to actually discussing our our ideas. And with, with the restriction of how ha- you have to be in Eden 24 hours before, kind of makes it that 
you know, if there are two sides, then you don't want to reveal your strategy too early because then it could motivate the other side to add more to their side, right? So you're kind of forced to stay quiet until the very end, until the registration is closed, then you can really start to share your strategy, etc. So I think maybe an option could be that, you know, you have to signal your interest to join an election at least one month before the election. So that means that you can't just induct new members at the last minute to join an election. Even members have to be in at least one month before, and then at least one week before you have to confirm your presence. So you have to be, you have to signal interest first, and then at least one week before you confirm your presence and then you're in. And then there also has to be a penalty if you confirm your presence and then don't show up. So Brock actually did this. Brock confirmed his presence last minute, which I mean, we can also talk about the fact that Brock is the one that funded Eden for 500k, kind of, or was part of that. And now he's running in Eden. And there's kind of some conflicts of interest there. But ignoring that, you know, he signed up for the election, he didn't show up, that means that his room did not have the same amount of people as the other room. So I think confirming your presence and not showing up should have a penalty somehow. Maybe Three strikes are out for two years. I don't know, but I think it's something we need we we need to uh, to talk about and to consider. Um, you know, voting transactions. Maybe we want to rule that you cannot have anyone else voting for you on chain. You know, the Eden member has to be the one that clicks the button to vote. But then again, how can we detect this? If we can't detect this, then maybe it shouldn't be a rule because if it's a rule that is unenforceable and undetectable, then only cheaters gain from this rule. Um, you know, are you guys tracking IPs on the Eden portal? Can you guys go and look at my friend proxies and their votes and whatever? Can you see a pattern of IPs that may indicate that one person was controlling many, uh, many accounts? I have no idea. Um, but if we want to make a rule that says that you're the one that has to click the button on your device to sign up to Eden and to vote, then these are things that need to be you know, available on the back end. Are CDs in charge of this? Do we hire an external uh, organization? I have no idea, um, but you know, it's something that, that we need to think about. The induction process needs to be obviously much clearer. Um, clear elements that need to be in included in every induction ceremony. Clear expectations on who can pay membership fees, right? Am I allowed to send the three EOS to my friend's account and have that uh, pay for the fee? I think so. It's not written if it's illegal or not. I think that should be cleared up. Is there an annual fee that should be paid for e for members to stay? Maybe that annual fee is based on the treasury. Maybe it's not an annual fee. Maybe it's an election fee. But then it's like, do you want to make people pay to show up to the election? No, we want more people in the election. So I don't know. You know, these are not fully, fully thought out ideas. Kind of just what I've... The ideas I have so far, and I think are good topics uh, to discuss. Um, all right, so that kind of covers a lot of what I wanted to talk about. I've got an Eden wish list that I'm going to quickly go over. Um, you know, preventing election results from being ratified if an attack took place. Uh, uh, Chris Barnes addressed that point earlier. You know, the CDs do need to hand over power, so I think that's good right now. I'd love to see more data visualizations, more dashboards, um, you know, an electorate presence dashboard, a candidate preferences dashboard. Uh, what do candidates agree with? What they what do they not agree with? 
um, candidate positions table where candidates can go on chain and say, I am for the EOS smart proxy. I am against the Eden smart proxy. I am for this vision of Eden or I'm against. I would love to have a dashboard with all of the votes from all the candidates readily available so that when I get into an election room, I can quickly reference that, that dashboard and I can see on chain what the members in my group that are uh, running for election, what their position is on many things. So I think explaining our positions in the election room, not, not a great use of time. I think all of that should be done prior to the elections. And then when you get into an election room, you're focused on consensus building or and or, you know, uh, getting concessions from the leading candidate, right? So in my room, for example, I was very upfront and honest right at the start. Hey guys, Jen is my friend proxy. She's very likely going to vote for me. If you're in a room of five and you need four people to vote for someone to advance and you've got a block of two people claiming from the start, hey, we're very likely voting for this one person, it's probably not a good idea to spend 30 minutes sharing the other three members' platform. Instead, those members, in my opinion, according to Eden Optimal Strategy, should be trying to get concessions from the current leader. Is like, hey, we're going to block you from advancing as well, Steph. But if you include these, these, these items in your election promises, then you could read consensus and move on. And so there's meta strategy as well involved with blocking a room, right? So in this election, I had four friend proxies. There's 125 people. I had a 20% chance of being in the same room as a friend proxy. I think, I don't know, not a math wizard, but I think that's the numbers, right? When I saw my room and I saw that I had a friend proxy in my room, I was like, oh my God, this is going to get crazy. And I knew it would cause drama and I knew all of this would, you know, make people lose their minds. Um, but my, my point was to illustrate the concept of a friend proxy. Hey, is that, is that legit or not? Is that a concept we want to allow or not? Are people allowed to, you know, campaign on, hey, I'm proxying my campaign to this person and this is their their campaign and that's what I'm supporting, right? Is that allowed or not? That's kind of what I wanted to highlight here. Um, also the chance that, you know, I get a friend proxy in my own room, then we can absolutely block anyone from advancing. So I was like, hey, I want to vote. I'm not going to, I want to vote for myself. I'm not going to change my vote. My friend proxy is very likely going to vote for me. You know, at this point, we should have been talking about concessions, not pitching our pitches. And that's kind of a, an issue with people not really understanding Eden optimal strategy. So hopefully next, next election, when there are blocks of voters that are evident, perhaps through a dashboard, perhaps through just, hey guys, we're both aligned here, we're going to be voting for this person, then you need to start make, making concessions and talking more about that stuff. So actually, that's the one regret that I have for my room is that when I said that Jen would very likely voting for me, I should have continued with, it's probably best that you guys focus on getting concessions from me because I'm for sure not voting for anyone else. Now, if you don't believe me and you're like, nah, I think I can convince Steph to change his vote, that's legit and you can try that. I didn't change my vote then and I promise you, if I say this in a future room, I'm not going to change my vote then either. And I am willing to block advancement in that, in that case. I'm willing to me not get elected, but you're not going to get elected either. So hopefully 
this becomes known. And when I'm in a room and if I have someone that supports me, then the people will know, okay, yeah, Steph is either going to block this or move on. So let's get concessions from Steph so that he also works on the projects or, you know, that, that I'm aligned with. Um, what else do I have on my wish list? Uh, isn't that, ex isn't that extortion though? I mean, essentially, like if you're putting people in a position like where they have to negotiate with you or you're going to, you know, then it's just like, well, then, then everyone else is incentivized to just block the room because they wouldn't want, they wouldn't want your behavior to move forward either. Fair. You know what I mean? So, yeah. fair. So like the presence of one group saying like either advance, you know, adopt my issues or I'm going to block the group basically incentivizes everyone else to say, well, fine, then no one goes because I mean, but you could approach it a different way. Go ahead. And in my opinion, that's not a bad outcome for Eden because the other delegates now get my resources. So it's not like I'm blocking funding. It's not like I'm blocking projects from advancing. There's just that the other rooms are going to get a greater share of the treasury. And that's not mm -hmm. bad for Eden. I'm not blocking projects from advancing. I'm not blocking funds from being distributed. They're just allocated in a different way. And maybe eventually I get tired of never moving on and always having my room be blocked and then I change my strategy or uh, yeah, who knows exactly how, how this could play out. But I can guarantee you that, you know, if I tell you I'm going to vote for myself and I'm not going to change my vote, yeah, you can try, but it's very, very likely to be unsuccessful. And that's the rules of the game as the system is designed right now. It is designed to allow this strategy, right? And if we don't want the strategy, we need to change the rules. I mean, I just think it's a losing strategy, but it's strategy. Fair like right. over time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, very possible. Very possible. Um, another thing I think Eden needs is uh, Eden Reserves account and an Eden Treasury account, right? So when there's a new donation, it goes into the reserves and is not impacting the current distribution to current uh, delegates. And maybe what we can do is we can target for a certain dollar amount. Hey, if the Treasury is between 500,000 and $2 million, then level one delegates are gonna get $1,000 a month and level two delegates are gonna get $5,000 a month or whatever, right? So, and we can have a flow from the reserves into the treasury, which would kind of maintain the treasury at a certain level, which would maintain the payouts to delegates at a certain level, which would allow everyone to be more prepared and be able to present more realistic pitches when you know Hey, if I'm level one, I've got $1,000 a month to work with. Hey, if I'm level two, I've got $5,000. And if that is constant election over election, then I think that brings more stability to the system, allows us to plan our finances better. It just removes uncertainty. And then maybe it's like, okay, if the treasury goes above $2 million, then we increase the payouts, you know, $2,000 a month, $10,000 a month, whatever it is, those whatever those numbers are, I don't know. Uh, but I think that's pretty important. Would allow donors to donate without actually changing the impact of past elections without everyone knowing. So another point that I want to bring up actually on that note is that, you know, Chris Barnes mentioned in his post uh, that he shared the day before the election that in August, late August, he knew about this potential large donation, right? But he didn't tell anyone. And so not many people showed up to the uh, October election because, for example, I thought the treasury was only going to be, I don't know, $80,000 or whatever. But Chris Barnes knew that it actually there's a good chance that the treasury is going to be $500,000. Uh, 
So I think Chris should have let the community know that there was a potential donation coming for the next term to let the community know what the stakes of the election actually were. Now, I know there's great reasons why you would not share that. The donor doesn't want you to. There are, there are legal reasons. The lawyers told me you can't do this, whatever. I, I'm sure there's a ton of reasons. But, you know, I don't think it's fair to the community to go into the election knowing that there's a huge payout for that election result, but you're the only one that knows, right? So the, the, the CDs reduced the uh, distribution percentage to like 11%. I think that's fairly reasonable. So it turns out that, you know, uh, the delegates of this cycle are going to get about the same amount of EOS as the delegates of last cycle got. That's great. However, the effort required to get elected last cycle you know, there was much less, there were fewer participants, so it's much easier to get elected that last cycle uh, than than this one. So I think that's kind of, kind of not, 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 not the greatest for, for the even community. All right, I think that's it. I think I went through all my notes. Thanks for staying for my TED Talk. Happy to answer any questions. I'm not going to read the chat, 120 messages, but if you got message, oh no, wait. I've got questions from the community that I asked uh, to get uh, with a Google form. Uh, so I'm going to go over those questions. Um, some of them are mean. Some of them are funny. Some of them are excellent questions. Let's, let's do it. So Anonymous wrote, if a court decides what B1 did to the EOS community wasn't illegal, would you still argue it was wrong? Yes. You've said before that inviting last-minute supporters to join the Eden election solely to vote for you doesn't go in a, against any bylaws. Correct. Do you consider your actions to be wrong, but in accordance to the bylaws? No, I consider my actions to be right and in according to the bylaws. That was question one. Question two from Mozy DS. He actually had great points and great questions. I think most of these were addressed in the comments that I just did. What did you learn? I think I shared that. What is your assess assessment of the Eden on EOS system right now? I think it's a great system. I think it's exciting. I think it's great for the EOS community. I can't wait for the next election. But if suddenly the stakes for the elections are extremely high, I don't think the system can resist the stress that that would put on it as it stands right now. How or what do you plan to fix any perceived holes? I think I went through that. And how do you plan to restore or undo any damage to the Eden community suffered from my test? Or if you feel there is any, I don't feel there was any damage suffered by Eden. I think I actually brought a ton of benefit to Eden through my actions. But what I'm going to do, like I said, is I'm going to do start a, claim, a membership removal claim on myself and let the layer ones delegates of this term and the next term, you know, decide my faith. All right, this one from Abel uh, was not respectful, but has a hilarious comment in it, so I'm gonna read it for everyone. Does Stefan feel good when he goes out of his way to hurt people? I don't go out of my way to hurt people. Does it bring him pleasure to on purpose harm others and bully them? I don't think that's what I'm doing. Does he believe in karma? I used to believe in karma, but these days I'm not too sure. Does he believe that there is more to life than what we experience in real day? And will he be faced by his maker and answer to all of these choices he makes that causes others harm? No, I do not think there's a maker that I will face. Does he stand up for himself or does he bend to what he is told by the one who is pulling the strings and keeping him fed? I think I stand up for myself. 
this and this next comment here. Does he think his hair loss is partially due to his subconscious that knows he is participating in evil and on purpose causing harm to others that have no desire to return this level of hate and anger back at him? No, I don't think that my hair loss is caused by Eden or crypto. Uh, my hair loss started much, much uh, longer uh, than, than that. Does he know life is short and even shorter when he lives in hate? Yes, I know that. Um, and there you go. Those are my thoughts. Next question. Uh, how many friend proxies did I have in the last election? I had four, like I, just, like I said. Um, all right. This is a question directed to all Eden members. If election rigging was legal, would you do it to win? I mean, election, if election is rigging is legal, then it's not election rigging, in my opinion. Either something's illegal and you're rigging it, or it's legal and you're just playing the game as hard as possible. So I don't think this is a question that makes sense, actually. A question for uh, Chief Delegates. I don't know if we still have any in the room at this point. Who will run the Eden infrastructure, website, Zoom account, IPF gateway, etc.? I think that's a great question, actually. Um, I would love to have a website where all Eden members can submit their election platforms in a way that is equal to everyone. Uh, you know, the, the Helios team put up a, an Eden election website. From my understanding, it's their website. Uh, you know, Gabriel put up his, uh, his pitch, which was very well articulated and complete and all that. Um, he said, hey, anyone who wants a pitch, who wants to put your election pitch up here, you know, you can. I kind of, you know, submitted something with the least amount of effort possible. And eventually they removed that pitch from that website. But I think having a place where all lead-in members can, you know, uh, any one of them can upload. I think that that would be great. Uh, hey, Stefan uh, from Dancing Joy. Can you elaborate on why you did not agree with or see value in Jorge's proposal? Um, there was some value. Uh, I haven't rewatched my room, actually, so I'm not super familiar with the details, but I was very motivated to be elected myself. And so uh, I, I thought that I uh, would bring more value. And so that's why I was voting for myself. Um, and for everyone who's saying, hey, Steph, you blocked your room. Well, everyone else also blocked me. And I don't know why I'm expected to vote for others. But when others don't vote for me, that's not considered blocking. I don't get that. I think it went back to what you were saying before, Stefan, that you were saying that at the beginning of the call that you said that you wouldn't vote for others. Um, and the other people on the call said that they were willing to vote for others. And also, I, I don't know if you already did research on Jorge's platform or Mark's platform, but I think it probably would have been um, more enjoyable for people if you also, uh, as a leader, play the game in a way that, I don't know, is more welcoming for people. I don't mean to be harsh, but um, like, I think you could have asked Jorge if he was willing to um, to take into account your platform and what he thought about the smart proxy. Um, and yeah, I, I just think uh, Jorge's platform is really exciting and really helpful. You know, he's doing a lot of great work with Eden Fractal and he started up the Hispanic Fractal. Um, and so he's really leading and he's helping out with uh, also Zeo's Fractal. And 
in artificial intelligence and doing some really important work. So uh, I would appreciate, and I think a lot of people would appreciate um, support for people like Jorge. And just in general, I think that uh, a lot of stuff you're talking about, about stress testing, Eden is really helpful, but there also is a cultural element too. And like, it's up to us as leaders to lead in a way that um, it's not just all just code. Like we need to improve the code but also like to set an example for other people to help support each other. And it's always opportunity to help support each other as well. So just some thoughts that, um, that I had and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for your thoughts, Dan. Um, I mean, you think Jorge's proposed proposition had more value. I think mine had more value. I mean, it's fine. We, we disagree and, I'm not sure there's really much more we can say about that. Yeah, well, I definitely did. I mean, I work really close with Eden Fractal, and I work with Jorge a lot, and I know he's doing great work with Spanish Fractal. So, I mean, for me, I haven't just uh, I haven't really been focusing that much on the smart proxy in general, but I understand it's a big priority for a lot of people. But um, I think that the more that we can support people like Jorge who are starting up Fractals and supporting the tooling that and inviting people, especially the Spanish community, is huge then that's really helpful. And I understand that we have different uh, priorities too. Um, but that was just why I asked the question because I noticed in the Eden members chat, the, the, the reason why I wrote that uh, was because in the Eden members chat, you had written just simply like, I didn't agree with their proposals and I didn't see value in them. So that's like a pretty strong statement, which I think, um, I mean, it sounds like maybe you just wrote it quickly and I uh, know you have a different opinion that there was some value, but there's just different priorities. But yeah, um, that's how I would describe it here. I, the, yeah, if I said I see no value, that's not what I meant. It, it, there's definitely is value. I think everyone's proposal has some value. It's just you know which one has more value to me. You know, I think I'm allowed to have you know that opinion, and everyone else is also allowed to have that opinion. And you know, I really wanted to, I really wanted to be elected for the first time. And I understand that I may, it, it, maybe I've ruined my chances of ever being elected uh, with my behavior. And that's, I'm, I'm ready to accept those consequences as well. And, you know, that's the Eden system working as, as the Eden system should, in my opinion. Cool. Well, thanks, Tavon. And also, yeah, your points about the games are really inspiring, too. So I do love how you've been coming back to Eden for, uh, over the past couple of weeks and months and sharing a lot of enthusiasm and sharing some fun memes, too. And and focusing in that game perspective too. So I have some mixed feelings about it all, but I appreciate uh, very much of what you're doing. So thanks to fun. And thanks also for hosting this as well. And thanks everybody to go Eden. Uh, great election overall. I think maybe what I'm getting from what you're saying, Dan, is that the intention of Eden for some is to help build each other up and to help each other and empower each other to deliver value back to the community and back to EOS. And so by deliberately, I think what... Maybe what I'm picking up is, Stefan, when you entered the room with no intention to do that, your intention was to disrupt, cause stalemates, and get yourself to the next round. And I think that just speaks to this underlying fundamental cultural problem that we've been talking about for months and months, and it's just been really highlighted. So again, I'm, I, I have a lot of gratitude. I think there's an opportunity for something new to be formed that has a much more clear culture, where the culture here seems to be dog eat dog. If the rules don't say it, go ahead and do it and get yourself and your buddies up there. Go for it. And that, that's fine. I mean, that, that's that's okay. It's unfortunate, I think, because so much intention and energy has been put towards the former culture, which was to empower and build and grow community and, and create relationships. And uh, But it doesn't have to be that. 
Um, so yeah, I think that's maybe what you're trying to say, Dan. I think it can be that. I think the rules need to be more specific in order to encourage that and to uh, disallow certain strategies from being used. Um, but I think that if the stakes are very high, then people will play the game as hard as the rules allow them to. And so let's make sure these rules are very well designed. Totally agree. Totally agree with that. Beautiful. We have, we have to press the reset button, empty your mind, and we have to begin again. Because from the beginning, that's wrong. All is wrong from the beginning. We need to push the processes correctly at first. All the processes into Idononios have to be well drafted from the beginning until the end. Then you had the people on the top. I am very in favor of EOS digital extended network. Why extended network? Because on top of the network, what is extended? It's the humans. You had the humans on the top of the network when what? when the processes are well crafted. It's what we are doing into Eden Fractal, into our circle. I speak about circle, and I know what I speak. Eden on EOS is also a circle. And when a circle has enough values at level societal, economical, and technological, at this moment, you can envision to connect this circle with another circle, but not before. So don't have the eyes bigger, bigger than the body or the bird, the beast, bigger than your uh, body. Okay, do the thing step by step with unit testing. So since the beginning, we are doing unit testing. We are at our fifth unit testing. And sorry, I will be very clear here. I agree totally. And you will not be banned from me, Stefan. Certainly not. Because what you made... It's exactly what that is needed to be done because we have to prove that the system tolerate possible bad intent, bad playing. If the, the processes are well crafted, the people will behave into the perimeter that the processes have defined. Guys, you want governance into Eden? You want governance. Okay. You want governance. I discussed of that with Nathan James on the last video. Watch this video because it's a pure gem. We need to have process with deterministic, very well uh, aware of what action they can, they can receive. It's all about objects, objects. So when an object receives a good action, he will answer with a good, manifest with a good action. So then when those processes are very well uh, deterministic, the governance has to be built parallelly with the processes. And you have people that want to build the, the governance and only then to build the processes that has to be done parallelly at level societal, economical, technological. And the marketing has to be done during the road, not wait until all is finished. So I will fight for that day and night during this term. I am okay to be the underdog. I will be, I will be very vocal. 
I will fight for what I know is good in my heart, soul, and mind. So I will do what I do since day zero, day zero into this ecosystem. I pay myself. I vote for myself because I believe in what I do. I know what I do. And also I know why I do. So we need people that are vocal, but for the good, good lion of wisdom, uh, the courage of the lion to do the things and not be detached of our purpose. And the purpose here is to build beautiful processes from the bottom to the top. And this proxy, it's a noise, a noise. This proxy, everyone can create a proxy and he can create that with his uh, own uh, entity. But here into Eden, I will be focused with my fellow cities to reestablish the things that has to be done. Voila. So thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Um, I just want to say there's been a lot of talk about how like the rules need to be fixed and all this. And honestly, I think we haven't seen a bad outcome from any Eden election yet in terms of the actual results. And all I'm seeing is that, uh, you know, you could describe what um, I'm just trying to stay away from casting aspersions at anybody and like you know like Steph you could describe what you did as an attack but I don't think um even if it even if it was an attack with ill intent which I don't believe it was then you know like you didn't achieve your objective essentially so um and personally I think the culture of Eden is well enough seated at this point that even if we had a bunch of people trying to tear it apart, um, I may eat my words, but like, <laughs> I think uh, people are incentivized to work for the community um, and not just for a narrow self-interest. And we're all united behind EOS and improving and benefiting EOS and Eden on EOS by extension. So, for instance, like when I go into a room, I don't say to myself personally, this is me personally, I'm not judging anyone that approaches it differently. But I do think I'm not alone in this. But when I go into a room, I don't think I definitely have the best idea. And for sure, I'm going to um, be the one that needs to advance from this room. I just don't approach it that way. I approach it more like I have some, you know, ideas that maybe I think are really valuable to the community and I want to share those ideas. And if people resonate with those ideas, then I, you know, I'm open to being put forward as the eventual nominee from that group. Now, if I go into the room and there's another person there that I view personally as more high value as than myself, um, as a delegate, I'm just going to support that person. I don't, have the desire to you know put myself ahead of them now i may hope or i may i may negotiate i may try to get that person to um adopt some of the elements of the, whatever it is that is of concern to me that i want to see worked on in eden but i'm not going to do that at the to the detriment of you know putting them forward i'm not going to hold my <clears throat> interests as more important than you know, seeing some value emerge from that group. This is just my personal, you know, views on how I'd approach, how I do approach rooms um, in the election process. 
not to say that it's the only way to approach a room, but but I will say that I don't think attacks or efforts by people to kind of like strong arm particular outcomes or even to seed uh, like certain, you know, like if I invited a bunch of my friends and said like only support other people that, you know, hold these certain views, like I just don't think an attack like that is going to succeed in Eden. Not at this point. Maybe, maybe if like we... It will 100% succeed. Well, but like, and, and I'm not saying there there aren't ways that we can improve the way we, you know, see the membership. But of course, we don't want to create too much friction. Um, and then the, the other element that we haven't really talked about at all here is just group size. Um, there's a reason why, you know, like to get back to Dunbar's number, like there's there's a good case to be made that no Eden should really be over a certain size so that you can maintain um cohesion between groups and that each of these smaller Edens should send forward uh, a delegate to like a federation of Edens essentially. And that would be the way that you scale. Um, the idea of scaling a single Eden group to like 10,000 is maybe a little bit ridiculous because the beauty of trust in community um, at small numbers is that you can actually know those people and you can know that they are good actors when you get beyond a certain scale, you can't really know anymore and you can't really, you know, discern who is who. So like, there's a lot of things that play here, but I, but I think at a smaller scale anyway, um, it's pretty easy. I just think, I think a lot of this underestimates people have very powerful bullshit detectors. And if there's somebody that, and the system, I believe, weeds out um, really polarizing figures. So if someone comes in with a really clear agenda that is obviously not shared by the other people in that group, maybe they make it through a round, but they're not going to make it through another round like that. I doubt it um, because the system is designed to reach consensus, whether you think, I mean, I know you don't think it's about consensus, but I really think at the end of the day, like, fundamentally everyone is asked to agree to send one person forward. That is the very nature of, I mean, it's, it's not a hundred percent consensus, but it is some form of reaching consensus on a single individual. I'm just saying the, the first principle, you know, the overriding factor is numbers, numbers first, then consensus building second. Yeah. I just think like in the, yeah, I mean, you'd have to run this experiment with, like, somebody who's really, I bet the computer models could figure this out better than we can. But, you know, given that humans are unpredictable and they have a sense for things that is not, and we're, like, at least appearing on, you know, video. Um, if we were appearing in person, this would be really hard to game, obviously. But um, we're trying to scale in a digital, like, remote sense. But, yeah, I just think we're underestimating the power of the system to actually weed out bad actors. Um, while I do think that we, there's room for improvement in terms of, you know, agreeing, you know, but I think that the changes that we need to make are fairly minor, to be honest. Like I think they have to do with, you know, max limits and possibly just like a stronger cultural element of what binds us together. Um, and what we're trying to achieve here together, um, which, you know, various people have spoken to as far as like North Star and stuff like that. But anyway. 
I'll leave it at that. But, uh, you know, a culture that is based on unwritten rules will work when it's a small community for low stakes. But when it becomes high stakes, that doesn't work anymore, in my opinion. That's why I think the size uh, limitation factor comes in. Um, I think the smart way personally to scale Eden is many small groups, like many groups of 250 rather than, you know, multiple groups of 10,000. Um, and, you know, me not voting for Jorge, for example, who, who had, you know, according to some people, great ideas that would benefit Eden and EOS and all that. I'm not, blo- you know, th- those funds are allocated to all the other L1 that have great platforms and great ideas. So, so I don't feel like a room not reaching consensus is negative to the system. Uh, resources are not blocked. The system acts as it should. That is a consensus. No consensus is consensus, right? And so I, I, don't, I don't see it negative at all. And if you would have asked me before the election how many rooms are going to not reach consensus, I would have probably bet the over if the line was... Uh, was 5.5 i think we had five rooms that didn't reach consensus one due to technical issues which was not not part of that you know that calculation but yeah those are my thoughts so i i think actually there's a lot of consensus reached more than i would have maybe imagined actually in the last election yeah no for sure all right Um, two final questions here that i got on the google form uh, this one is from Sebastian B, and it's to everyone who participated in the latest election. I'm not sure if it's a good time to get into this, but in which way, uh, what do you want Eden on EOS to represent on only the human layer? In which way do you see the organization Eden on EOS to be active, direct contributor to the EOS mainnet in general and after your term has ended? So this is a you know very open-ended question. You know, talks a lot to what a lot of people have been talking about. What is the mission statement for Eden? What is the one thing that binds us all together that we can all agree upon? Um, so I don't know if we want to get into that already. It's been four hours already. Um, and then we have one final uh, comment from CAC. This comment is to everyone. And the comment is, hello. Hello, CAC. Thanks for joining. Ah! <laughs> Shout out to CIC, by the way. Uh, Stefan, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. I know you since the very beginning. And when I was seeing this video with Jorge, Jen, and um, uh, Edgar, I have watched this video maybe 10 times, to be honest. And each time that I am watching this video, I have another um, uh, perspective. That's all about the Rashomon effect, by the way, from the 1950 Japanese guy, uh, Asukatara. I don't remember exactly the name, but watch the, the, the video. That's the Rashomon effect. Maybe Stefan will put that into the chat. <clears throat> it's all about the, to reduce the Rashomon effect, what we are doing with those... Um, videos and uh, there's a uh, induction and mind mapping and so on so my question for you uh when was popping into your mind that you should do to serve us because what you are doing it's to serve us by doing so by the way you can say what is that is bad or good whatever you have made what is needed 
Um, so since when have, have you decided to to do this, uh, do, knowing exactly what you will do, that you will do because you are a, a poker guy? Uh, I know you. So when was popping exactly into your mind? That's my question. That would be very interesting to to know at which momentum have you decided to do that since uh because of what which event has as trigger yeah, this uh the, yeah exactly that's my question um crypto has been pumping while i've been doing this eden optimal strategy presentation so that's nice bitcoin's almost at 18k EOS almost at a dollar just in case you guys hadn't noticed um but yeah so what motivated me was the 500,000 EOS donation. That's when I was like, my ears perked up. Oh, lots of funding available for the next Eden election. Great. Oh, block one is donating to Eden. What the fuck is going on here? And then, you know, the proxy was announced. Uh, and then the more, the more and more I kind of read the chats, uh, thought about it. I realized the Eden election is going to be very high stakes. I perceived, you know, uh, the EOS network to be under attack through this Eden election, and I thought it was very high stakes. So I didn't, it's not like I saw the 500,000 donation, I was like, all right, I'm going to, uh, you know, test Eden and, and try to exploit flaws or whatever. That's not, that was not my first purpose. My first purpose was, I need to go hard, I need to compete as hard as I can in this election. And then through that process of trying to figure out what I could do, I came across all of these, you know, strengthening vectors, if you will. Um, and so it was kind of a natural process. The more I thought about the game, the more I thought about strategies, double checking with the Eden bylaws that I, uh, you know, that are up to date for this election. Is this allowed? Is this not allowed? And kind of, you know, my actions flowed from there. So it was not necessarily planned, you know, as a stress test. I was just playing the game as hard as I could within the rules of the game. And, and I realized, ah, oh, there's, there's a lot of stress testing here that's going to go on. And then I realized, you know what? I know some people are not going to like what I'm going to do. Maybe I will lose reputation in the community for the things I'm doing. Um, but I think someone else is going to do this. Maybe the, maybe the other side is currently doing this. And if they aren't, well, then great. That means, uh, you know, my vision and mission is likely to be more represented. And we're going to have great case studies on some of the things that people can do when they perceive a need an election to be extremely high stakes, which I perceived it to be the case. The five, the, the fifth, uh, the fifth term now that we are living, that's the, that's the momentum. That's the momentum to to press the reset button, as I said many times, uh, empty the mind and going forward, because otherwise we are repeating and repeating in circle jerk what we have already experienced since term one, term two, three, four. So I don't say there was no uh, iteration on the past uh, term, uh, but uh, yeah, for me until now, that was uh, repeating the unnecessary things sometimes, spending a lot of time to speak, masturbate our brain, uh, the sexual life of the bees in Alaska. Sorry to take this example, but that's exactly that. So we need to do concrete things. We want a better EOS. It's all about EOS indeed. 
the EOS network and all that, then Eden is an artifact, Fractally is an artifact, all that are artifacts. So we just have to to, to do the things uh, intelligently as we will do into the real life in a startup, in a real uh, enterprise. Uh, what, what is wrong? We need to use the blockchain for what it gives to us, more distribution of the data, more uh, proof of mind, proof of usage, the bylaws, when you push the bylaws on chain, that's a proof of mind by pushing the bylaws on chain. So that's not wrong. Make uh, bylaws in bullet point that could be actionable by a smart contract. That's very intelligent. I lost Patrick. No, I think he's done. It wasn't you, Steph. We all lost Patrick. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I want to say, uh, make the things make the things more easier. Like if we are five years old, use words that are understandable and make bullet point, and we will be all happy. I love EOS. We love EOS. EOS will never die. Uh, 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 we love us all. We are a good community, the best community. So we have not to fight between us. We have just to be uh, able to say the truth, have the balls, and. Uh, Oh, oh, fuck, sorry. I am very happy to be a chief delegate. Oh, a little music. Nice. We love we love EOS. Thirty crazy EOS people still listening to us talk. The true believers. Impressive. <clears throat> Thank you, Denny. Thank you, Denny. I am also happy to have you. You are a true. You are a true fighter of the smart contract. A true uh, uh, seeker of the the flows. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, we need you. We need you. Don't 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 die tomorrow, please. I'll try not to. Uh, I will try to do also my best. <laughs> All right. Is that it for today? Any other questions, comments, or do we wrap it up at the four hour and fifteen minute mark? I guess we need to stay on at least five more minutes. Uh, can I say something? No. All right. Kidding. <laughs> so I, I was one of the so-called proxy uh, invited by Stefan. Uh, and no, it was... Not. You were not one of my friend proxies. You were just one of my other invitees. So I was an other invitees invited by Stefan and never was my intention to vote for anybody that i would not agree with what they do nor not vote for what i believe in so i just want to say that because i read multiple times in the chat like puppets suck puppets or wh whatever terms they, they they said so that's that's one thing and i proposed a project which by the way almost got uh, elected because i got four votes and 20 seconds before the end of the round i end up with three and I was 
15 minutes late, 15 minutes try to get the mic on because nobody would give me the passcode because the onboarding sucks. Listened 15 minutes for a couple pitch, had seven minutes to pitch my stuff and still manage to get almost consensus. So in some way, I think Eden is working. In some others, it needs to be tested more. That's just my point of view. Great. Thanks for sharing, Louis. And uh, congratulations for almost winning your round one. I'll, uh, I'll come in next season. <laughs> there you go. That's the spirit. Can I just take the opportunity to plead with every Eden member to consider supporting a change in the time of the election to not be so oh terribly God early for the North American audience. I mean, let's just look at California, which is, I don't know, somewhere in like the fifth or eighth largest economy in the world that basically no one from California is going to participate in the Eden election. And that rules out. And then mountain time for sure is also not going to get up that early. I mean, in central time, it's still pretty early currently. And I, on a Saturday, no less. So, you know, at the, at the very least, I would just hope that we could make it a more humane hour for North America. I apologize, anyone that will, that will invariably inconvenience if that does change. But um, I think this is another good argument for multiple Edens. And um, yeah, I mean, such an early start time is kind of optimized for Asia to be able to participate. And I don't think that's what this Eden should be optimizing for. I think we should be optimizing for the West Coast, the East Coast it's and Europe. Yeah, it's clearly an English language. A few hours, please. Please. Let's <laughs> say 8 a.m. Pacific time would be like not inhumane to ask somebody in. I mean, just think about people in San Francisco. They don't wake up at 8 a.m., period. So that's just, you know, you're asking a lot. Shout out to my friend proxies who at the last minute I told them they had to get up even earlier on the Saturday to join this and they're like, oh my God, okay, fine. Yeah, that was crazy. Just crazy. <laughs> I told everyone it was 9 a.m. start, but it was an 8 a.m. start. It's crazy. That's why I had seven minutes to pitch. Yeah. Very unfortunate. For you, do you mean that if a member is uh, re removed, he can join again? Do you really mean that? I mean, he's saying that the rules. No, I say I, I don't care about the rules now. I speak in the absolute, in the absolute. If you are committed to a community, you will do all what you have to do for this community. So the day with that. I don't think anyone, you know, I think everyone agrees that if you get removed, then you should not be allowed back in. I think, uh, I think we can reach consensus on that. Okay. Actually, okay. I think the idea of bringing people back in is we are human beings. This is the human aspect. So if we're going to move people permanently, then maybe think of automating that. Uh, Perry, to answer to you, Patrick, can you do special interview series, The Infiltrators? Okay, so please respect what I do, uh, Perry, because you are uh, joking always with what I do. So if you can do 10% of the videos that I have made during uh, 
four years now. I, I encourage you to do a video yourself, okay? So okay. please, please. Patrick, I love you, bro. I don't, I don't care. Sorry, Perry, Perry. I don't care if you love me. I don't care if you love me. I don't care. I fucking don't care. Oh, my God. This is fun. I love being with one dog. All right, all right. We're good. We're good. Oh, Patrick got so remuted. That wasn't me, Patrick. It wasn't me. No, no, that was myself. Uh, I make me, I, I, I make me violence to, to not continue to speak. But by the way, I fucking don't care if the people loves me. I do what okay, I have Patrick, to do. Patrick, let's keep it, let's keep it calm. No, no, I am calm. I have drink uh, three liters of vodka until now. That's okay. <laughs> there, you, there we go. We all, we all know that's the. Eat an optimal strategy. <laughs> Is there drink no. three liters of vodka, eat one kilogram of popcorn overnight? Before no, three kilo, three kilo, three kilo of vodka. Of, uh, popcorn. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I think we're going to okay. leave it there for today. Um, thank you, everyone, for everyone who listened to my, uh, my ranting. And um, I, I appreciate you guys uh, listening uh, to what I have to say. If you have more questions, of course, tag me on telegram reach out to me privately ask me next week uh you know you know i'm out there and i'm not shy to uh to share my thoughts and opinions and we have to finish always with something fun on those uh, fireside chat you know what we have to say go yours in chorus with all our art soul and mind at three two one zero i will do a countdown at three two one zero we'll say go yours okay are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I take a breath. I drink a, a shot of vodka. And I will say... Three, two, one, zero, go! Yeah, baby. I fucking don't care. I fucking don't care to. Vámonos, vámonos a la playa.